Hi, welcome to another episode of Brews, Booze, and Reviews, a childish podcast about adult beverages. I'm your host, Knox. And uh, today is a very special episode. It's an all-guest episode, except for me, of course. Uh, with me today, I have Sam Core. Hello, Sam. I do. He's the owner and head brewer over at Drum Conrath Brewing out of Fargo. And I got a returning guest, Don Kenna. How you doing, Don? I'm doing good. I have no more baby teeth. No more baby teeth? Nope, none. They're gone. You get them all out today? Today was the last day. <laughs> 40 years of uh, having a baby tooth, and it's finally gone. Crazy. Where was that baby tooth at? Uh, my lower right side, and I've I've been playing with it for the past week and a half, and it finally popped today on the way over here. I have it in the car if you want to look at it. No. I'm, I'm good. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and with us uh, as well, we have Alex from Terps Candy. Welcome back. Hey, how's it going? It's been a bit. Yeah. we had you on, but uh, excited to have you on. Glad to have you here. Yeah, I'm glad to be back. And uh, we also have Jarek Kath. Is that pronounced your last name that, right? That is correct. Uh, from um, Proof Artisan Distilleries here in town. How you doing, Jarek? Good. Uh, first podcast. I've never been on one, so excited to share my knowledge on the distillate side of life. So Excellent. And uh, to my left, taking Chef Kev's place. What's going on, Blake? Blake Bushy. What's going on? It's been a while since I've been here. Yeah, man. Good to have you on. We're going to have, have some exciting beverages to try here today. We have five beers and two liquors because today is a bottle share episode. We had uh, people bring some bottles of things they wanted to try. And uh, first on the, on the list is Boulevard's Tank Number 7 Saison. What can you tell us about this one, Don? This is your pick, right? Yeah, this is the one I decided to bring. Um, I have always loved... Saison that kind of got me into farmhouse and sours and and whatnot and uh, Boulevard has always been a, a passion beer um, probably one of some of my first craft beers were the um, Boulevard wheats and and things so um, I brought the saison um, it's eight and a half percent it's uh, thirty eight bitterness on the IBUs and um, real smooth but it's got that um, that American farmhouse flavor to it and that I just really get a kick out of and, and and I I love them it's a, it's almost an IPA but it's it's been um fermented with uh, uh special yeast to uh bring it down a belgian belgian style yeast what can you tell us about saisons because we haven't covered saisons in the podcast yet can you give us a, just a brief you guys have never done saisons no oh uh, man pretty much me and chef would be the only ones on the podcast that would like saisons you, never did, you haven't did lambics either nope that's coming up though this spring um okay well can you tell uh, us about saisons yeah say, so sam say, if you want to kick in on this yeah. one too that'd be great i i'm not the guy to ask about saisons <laughs> okay fair enough okay. I, it's just not my jam okay I, like i like they're okay yeah, saisons are a are a farmhouse style of beer. <clears throat> That's um, wild fermentation, right? Um, can be. Uh, it's more of like the farmhouse styles used a bunch of like old grain, um, old hops. This was the stuff that that they brewed for the workers uh, at the um, at the different places that, that uh, the farmsteads and and things. This wasn't the high end beer. Uh, that people liked. And so they really just kind of threw stuff together and said, all right, good enough for you guys. You guys can drink this. Um, <laughs> so generous. Yeah, they were they were so generous. When we, came, when we were talking about, you know, we'll talk later about barley wines versus second runnings. And these were, these were very low, low brow, but people 
loved them. The the guys, uh, the workers would always get drunk off of them, and they would have a great time. But they would just sit. Um, they didn't care about the ingredients that went into these um, modern saisons. They're very very particular as to what they what they're looking for. Um, when it comes to, uh, the base beer, um, this one, this base beer is an, is a light IPA and, uh, you'll get a lot of peppery notes. You get a lot of that yeast characteristics, a lot of esters into it. And, uh, they're, um, quite good. They're, I, I love a good Saison. I like shitty Saisons too, but they're, <laughs> I mean, I've, I haven't found very many great, um, Saisons. So would like a, a saison be like a, a, a the pilsner version or a, or a light beer version of a regular like hard sour? No, that, no, no, okay. no. It's it's unto itself. It's it'd be like as opposed to a Belgian double or or triple. Um, this is going in the other direction for the Belgian styles, um, and so this is more of a just throw together traditionally a throw together beer, um, but you get very particular tastes out of it and. Um, um, yeah, a lot of yeast characteristics that come out on this because the beer itself is so light. Cool. Thanks. I, I guess I haven't, uh, researched too much into Saison. Saison? 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 I pronounce it Saison. I'm, and from the people I've talked to, uh, they've always pronounced it Saison. Um, but I could be completely fuckered. I've heard it both, said both ways. Okay. Mm. Okay. So what can you tell us about this Boulevard Tank 7? Um, when I first had this beer, I was uh, recovering from um, a very minor surgery. I can no longer have kids. Um, and I sat on the on the couch and drank a big, these come in big um, 750s. And I found this in a, in a six-pack, so it's great. But um, the original story is that Tank 7 has ghosts in it. Um, they could never get things quite right in tank seven at boulevard hmm. and so this this is just kind of a, a funky thing that they've now just put this beer into their number seven tank and they just continually make this one out of tank number seven um, <laughs> just that yeah beer, just huh? just a ghost in the in the mechanics of whatever that tank is and as a brewer we know there's always something you know you can never get this one just right or you have one piece of equipment that continually breaks when Knox comes over and uh, all kinds of stuff so that damn labeler I'll tell you what <laughs> if you guys didn't know Knox used to come over to to the, my shop all the time and help and uh, never failed that he would touch something and it would break I it was that. it was Knox proofed i knew that it had to be it had to be so after i came in there everything was pretty uh, pretty all right all right guys uh, what do you guys think of the nose on this one you guys what do you guys got on the aromas Definitely funky. It kind of reminds me of Whole Garden. Like the smell reminds me of Whole Garden. Yeah, very much so. A wheat yeah. in there. I think that's that Belgian style. Okay. It kind of smells like a grilled cheese. Really? Like bread. Yeah, bread. And cheese. Interesting. You get a little cheese in there, a little funk. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like a white bread grilled cheese. Oh, he's even specific, like white bread, not like his his mom's fancy wheat bread that she used to make. I don't know if he makes wheat bread or not. No, this isn't a fancy grilled cheese. No. This is a simple Wonder Bread craft single. Throw it on the on the skillet and color good real quick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's the ABV on this one there, Don? Uh, 8.5 is what it said on, on oh. the oh, online. Oh, so it's and a it's, little bit higher. Yep, and you're going to get, um, this is a unfiltered, so we have some sediment in the bottom. Um, I don't know. If, I don't know if you're supposed to roll them or not. 
Um, we could probably try that later. And some, it, it's really weird. Some brewers say yes, roll them to distribute everything across the whole palate, and others say no, let it sit because we want you to try what's on the top. I, it all depends on what the brewers say, I guess. Well, as soon as I grabbed it and threw it in the box and drove over here, there everything was kind of up in the air. So I didn't really, I, I didn't roll it at all. Mine's quite quite more clear than Sam's, I think. Sam's got same 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 This is really yeah. clear. Yeah, Mine's got, really clear. You got some sediment I can almost see you through it, Don. Oh, wow. Here, look at that. What <laughs> <laughs> the fuck do you do? <laughs> I don't know. Let me see if I can see that through here. Yep. Yep. Yeah, so... Pepperidge Farm remembers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Alex has a has a real cloudy one, so I, I might actually just steer this up and put it, put it back in there. See if that does anything to it. Oh, yeah. Okay, what do you guys get in the flavor? What do you get in the palate? Um, wet socks. Wet oh, socks in the palate? Definitely Whole Garden. Definitely just like Whole Garden. That Belgian wheat. You yep. Know. Not a lot. I'm a fan of Whole Garden, though. Yeah, oh, I, I like it too. Yeah. I'm just. And I want to be, when I say wet socks, I don't mean it in a bad way. Mm-hmm. So you're taking over your uh, Chef Kevisms yep. today? Yeah, I'll do that. Okay, all right. Yep. Excellent. <laughs> Don't forget your food pairing for the day. Grilled cheese. Grilled, Grilled cheese. cheese. There it is. It's already it, been it, done. Perfect. It, it does say that this one goes well with a certain cheese. I no. Stupid cheese. Uh, this would go well with tomato soup then. Yeah. Because of the grilled cheese. Yeah. So the tasting notes say it should be floral, citrusy hops, Belgian yeast esters. Uh, the malt is soft and light, uh, almost a sweet flavor. The hops are prominent, hot bitterness and citrusy. Get some grapefruit and peppery. I get uh, a little lemons, like a little, little bit of like a lemon zest. Yeah, you get a little, that little citrus bit citrus from the grapefruit. Almost a, almost a pith. Yeah, pith flavor to it. Um, hot, balanced, and then it's a medium to light body. I like. I've always liked this beer. I it's don't drink first, it enough. It's the first I've haven't had it in like five years. It's actually. I remember it's. It was it used to be really good, and now that I'm having it again, like oh yeah, still, still good, still good. Nope. <laughs> Excellent. Any other tasting notes? I got the lemon too. A lot of lemon. Mm-hmm. All I right, guys. Did, I did not uh, get. I did not get lemon. Didn't get lemon. I just got a little lemon. Just a little bit. <laughs> yeah, of just a little sauce. bit of citrus in there. Yeah, that yeah. citric, citric flavor flavor to it. I'm enjoying it. I'm gonna keep drinking that shit. Is <laughs> <laughs> that going to be your new sidecar for this the day? Is, this is going to be my sidecar. He's going like to start stocking up on it. Now. Shit, I got to call my wife. <laughs> Damn it. And it's 8.5? Yeah, 8. Oh, Dude, yeah. Did, did 8.5, 8. 8. I got to put that did you, I was going to say, did you just get a <laughs> giant chunk? That's I why we I have did. a plastic-covered thing yeah, out here. If so. you look at it, it's it's got some like definite sediment into it that are probably take... Yeah, compare that good, to... Co- yeah, yeah. I mean, if you look at his, his is almost... Almost fingerprints, and I got like this straw orange with chunks floating in it. It's good. Can you see that? Oh yeah, yeah. His is, his is lo- yeah. Blake's is logger esque. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Look at that. <laughs> and so the chunks is that going to be part of the grain? No, that's yeast. It's the yeah. That'll be the it. that'll be the un- um, unfiltered yeast portion of it. So you get that's where you get that yeast esters and and things. And he's oh man, he, where's your video camera? Look at the chunks in that thing. That one's got some huge chunks. So I'm, I'm a, kind of a fan of that as well because then it does a lot of bottle conditioning and post-fermenting in the bottle, although it can lead to explosions. Kind of so a good thing. Kind of reminds me of when you... Only, only you if there's unfermented IPA. sugars. Sugars, okay. Yeah. 
Reminds me of when you hold it, you keep an IPA too long, and then you get all that cinnamon at the bottom. Oh yeah, all that hops, nope. Con- nope. congealing yep. going on. You open a open a hazy IPA like six months later, and it's like <laughs> this is not hazy. And then you pour the end of the can. Oh, there it is. There it is. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, should we get some numbers on? Yeah, this? let's get some numbers. Uh, okay, so this is a beer. So uh, guys, out of this is zero zero through six. So six being, this is like one of the best versions of this beer you've ever had. Are we doing the best version of this beer or best like? Well, I guess Cause, today's, cause I guess nope, today's a bottle share episode. So that if you think this is a good beer, rate it six. Doesn't have to be the best version, but yeah, what do you think? Just some one of specific tastes. Uh, so, well, you've been here, Don. Why don't you start? Oh, okay. You um, brought the beer. You know, I'm gonna be biased on this one, and just gonna throw that out there. I brought it, so I have taken account my bias on this. But I like this beer. It's great. I'm gonna give this one a four point seven five. Oh, and they go in quarters. In case anybody doesn't know. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I had to learn that the hard way. 0. 0.25, 0. 0.5, and 0. 0.75 are the variants of the actual number. Alex? Alex. Um, I've never had a Saigon. Saison. 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 Saigon's a place. Saison's a beer. <laughs> glad, glad we got that one out of the way. Excellent. Um, I've never had one before. Uh, very interesting. Um... Are you a beer drinker? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I I mean, I prefer beer over liquor for sure. Okay. And um definitely love unique, interesting beers for sure. Um very unique, very interesting. Uh haven't really had anything quite like it. Um so I'm gonna give it I'm gonna give it a four. Okay. Uh I would drink it again. That's that's my main basis, is like if I see it in a liquor store or something, I might be like, oh, I tried that on the podcast. I'll try that again. Uh, and then um, another reason would be very unique, like haven't had anything like it before. So I'm, I'm going to give that more points because it wasn't bad. It was unique and half decent. So yeah, four. Excellent. Jarek? So I'm going to be honest. I am not a beer person. I... Started a distillery because my family <laughs> likes spirits. We like um, distillates. So not only is this going to be a learning experience for me, um, but that being said, I like lighter beers if I'm going to have one. So I do like the the citrus feel to it. Well, um, you're going to get a whole range today, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> no, and that's, that's fine with me. Um, it's going to be a learning process for me too. Um, I like it because it's lighter. I'm not a huge fan of the darker beers, anyways. So more roasty versions. I'm, yeah, I'm going to go for my palate like a four and a half. Okay, four point five. Mm-hmm. Blake, what do you think? Um, I'm going to go probably like about a four. Um, it tastes more like a lighter beer than a says on me, but. Then again, you had the unfiltered version of that bottle. <laughs> yeah, true. Didn't have any of the good stuff in that one. I've had it before, but I'm going to stick with the four. Okay, Sam, what do you think? Uh, I don't like this style. This is not my my thing. That being said, it wasn't bad. I'd probably still give it a four, putting my bias, uh, you know, like trying to get rid of my bias. Uh, it just And do it more for the style than your taste? Yeah, I don't want to like be like I thought it was gross. I no, like I said, I didn't like it, but it's a good beer. I give it a four. All right. So the average for Boulevard Tank Seven Saison is 
Then four point two five. Four point two five. There you go. All right. This is. There we go. All right. This next beer is Hayes Public House. Uh, the Morgan. What kind of what is style it, of beer is it? Is it a barley wine? It's, it's a black a, IPA. Barrel aged barrel black, IPA. black IPA. Oh. Do they say what kind of of uh, barrels it's it's in? Let me look. Do, 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 do. I've never had a Hayes Public House beer, so so this is a, a black IPA, not a Cascadian dark ale. There's a difference. We're looking for what kind of barrel the Morgan was in, right? Well, I'm just asking. You don't have to come up with it. I just thought I would. See if it was a, you know, if we had, since we have a distiller here, if we, if we get some tasting notes from him on this, that would be beneficial. The Man, this is dark. Okay. So I don't know nothing about Hayes Public House. It's in Buffalo, Minnesota. Oh, this so, is a it's local. A, it's a, it's a, yeah. Nice. It's a, it's a, he doesn't really distribute. Um, he does a little bit around the, you know, Western Twin Cities area. That's on this side of the cities, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we should really throw a shout out to... Shout out to Hayes. To Hayes and to uh, Pug. on this one. Yeah, the owner's name is Pugs. Pugs? Okay. He's cool, he's cool shit. Hey, nice. Pugs, what's going on? Well, let's do the description here. Uh, enjoy the darkness of this barrel-aged black IPA based on the mythical goddess, the Morrigan. Irish folklore tells of this phantom queen who often appears as a raven to foretell of war and fate and battle. Living up to its name... This undeniably black medium-bodied ale blends malts from Britain and Ireland with a liberal amount of American hops. It contains notes of citrus, floral, pine, and spice with a roasted finish. Slante. This is a 7% AVB. 7%. Okay. Yep. uh, And this is out of Buffalo, Minnesota. Cool. Now, Sam, you've done, uh, have you done a black IPA or a Cascadian dark ale? Right. And can you explain the difference between them? Uh, um, what did we do? You did that black IPA with the Yeah, we did a black Flatland. IPA with Flatland. Okay. The I don't know, I don't I think it's semantics. Semantics? Yeah. Kind of like, like porter and stout. A porter and a stout, yeah. you know. Kind of interchangeable. I think the I think technically a CDA is more like Chinook Centennial Cascade. Yeah, the Cascadian area the, of yeah, but those like yep. specifically you put those C hops in there. Okay, and that's so, interesting. And, and so this is a black it's IPA. Gonna be, yeah, so like you know, like you can make a black IPA with whatever. Like we did ours with whole melon hops, but I I wouldn't use whole melon in a, in a Cascadian dark. I would I would say that a Cascadian is going to be, you know, more piney. Yeah, so we we did a black IPA when we first opened that went really, really well, and it aged really, really well uh, because nobody drank it right away, and it because nobody really known what a black IPA was around here at the time. Okay, and I think a lot of the home brewers and a lot of the professional brewers knew what they were and have and have done them. Um, so but, a black IPA for those who don't really know is just just a, a really roasted grain malt, right? Just a roasty. That, and then you just add hops like a motherfucker at the end of it, right? Yeah. Well, um, yeah. Go ahead. I mean, it's it's an IPA that's got formulated with, you know, darker malts, yeah, or roasted barley. Did you use chocolate malts at all in yours? We did, we did chocolate no, malts in ours. did not use chocolate malts in ours. We used um, black, debittered 
uh, debittered barley. Oh, uh, what would that be? Black um, Prince. Oh, you did Prince. Okay. Or Carafa, I guess. You yeah, Carafa 3, I think, is what we use. A little bit of Carafa 3 and then also um, chocolate malt on ours. Because we were we were kind of banking off of the Coco Boingo mm-hmm. when, we did our, when we did ours. I love brewery talk. Uh, <laughs> <yep>. <laughs> okay, guys, what do you guys on the, note on the aroma on this one? And it's barrel-aged. It's a black IPA. Get, so it's an IPA. It's going to have black hops. Licorice. Yeah, black there's licorice. definitely some, like, an anise. I get some raisin. Yeah. Some, like, sun-dried raisins in there. Black licorice, for sure. Jerk? I get almost, a, like, a black licorice, earthy coffee. Yeah, yeah that coffee way. bitterness there's in there. There's definitely coffee, yeah. Yep. too, yeah. yeah. It's, like, sassafras, I think, is the black licorice plant. The good roasty notes on it. Is it kind of mix well together is what you guys are saying. Something like that, like earthy. Now, can you get barrel scent? I mean, from a professional side of this, can you get like, can you tell what kind of barrel this has been in? Uh, personally, I can't. Okay. Um, and there's so many different things that the barrels could have been previously used for that could make a difference in it. They could have been Cabernet barrels. They could have been single malt whiskey barrels or bourbon barrels. They've all got their own little flavor profiles to them, plus where the barrel came from. Could have been a southern barrel, could have been with southern oak, could have been a northern barrel with northern oak. Um, the difference is barrels is is huge. Um, so personally, I can't tell what kind of barrel it was in unless it was set on the label, then I could have maybe pick it out a little bit more, but can't okay. tell. Okay. Interesting. It smells dark. And okay. Like, well, like if you can like if you can smell blueberry, you can smell dark. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you what do you get from the palate then on the taste? You get that IPA classic piney. Definitely piney. Maybe a little, little like little wood. Pine. Not not as much as you Yeah, a think. lot of a lot of wood and earth. Maybe um, that's what I'm confusing bitter, for pine is like that wood. Co- yeah, that coffee, like Jarek said, you get that in there and, and it's just black, real. Black, that black licorice taste too. Yeah, coming on the backside, nope. it's real, nope. real dark. And I don't mind that. It's that really complex flavor. Like no, yeah, it's very complex. And even very. let it sit and let's warm it up a little bit here. Now, would those flavors all come from just the malts and the barley used in it or do they add other, so as a distiller, when you're making a gin, you'd add juniper for the pine would they add anything like that that's the hops yeah, the is hop. it all from the hops yes yeah. that's why there's so many different hops because the different hops bring out certain flavors at certain mm-hmm. temperatures that well shit you take this away sam difference between uh citra and mosaic and well, i mean melon. well like unflavors okay okay like so and it all depends like uh at what point in the in the in the boil so like you know, citra mosaic, and if you put them at sixty minutes, are gonna be, they're basically the same thing because you're just gonna boil off all the volatile oils, and you're just gonna be left with the bitterness, fully isomerized alpha acids. Yeah, it's just it's just at sixty minutes, pretty much everything tastes the same. You have yeah. bittering hops. You have some that are better at bittering than others, but pretty much all the aromas and flavors are gone. So in brewing, you don't really use juniper flavoring in a in a base beer like this it would be all from the the hops the and this would be a lot of the um grain and then hoping that it gets a lot of that barrel aging 
pull from it. And so as a brewer, the flavor profiles are all just how long the hops are in, how Yeah, and what what varieties of so like um mosaic has more like um melon kind of like a melon and uh yeah citrus more like grapefruit um whole melon is very melt like cantaloupe um, that sweetness a little yeah. bit to it mm-hmm. um denali is very pineapple if they're used as late additions or in the whirlpool the, those are the the characteristics of them. So. And hops will only give off or or change at a temperature above one hundred and three, one hundred and sixty, one hundred and sixty degrees. Uh, so then they change down. If it gets below that, wherever they're at on their change, that's where they stay. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that is terpene based. Hops are very high in myrcene as a as a base, but they all have different terpenes in them. Just like marijuana has. 170 different type of terpenes. It's basically the cousin of hops. Hops have that many terpenes, maybe even more because it hasn't really been researched. And so all these different flavors, that's why you get such a body high from an IPA too, is all of that mirror scene. They're using all these different hops. And a lot of those hops... I'm not sure which ones, but a lot of those hops are higher in myrcene than others. Citra's the highest. Citra's the highest? Citra's the highest. And that would make sense for the, you know, the IPAs that really give you that body feeling. And having one of these Terp candies, well... I've had three. Yeah, I'm going to get some into these Terps, too. I should get some of those, here. I know. Alex, thank you for bringing these in. I love... The Terps candies. They're Thanks. so delicious. I don't Thanks. think I've had too that. many of them yet. You, you can't have too many. No, I said I don't think I've had, like, I've maybe had a couple. So the yellow one is a little bit more citrusy and might uh, pair with this a little bit better. And then the, the purple one is a little bit more lavender flowery mm. and maybe would have paired with the last beer. With the size on better. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, we still have the Helderado to come up with. So, I mean, we got all, all kinds of different flavors going on today. It's, today is going to be a very interesting a, it's episode. Be a fun, fun time. <laughs> so, what do you think, Jarek? After learning though all the different profiles of the hops and what it, what it can add to it, what do you think about this beer now on the palate? Um, well, it's definitely opening my eyes to the brewery world um, because I've focused so much on the distillate world that a not only have I not really had an interest in other beers, but it's really fun to know and learn just how these breweries get their different flavor profiles because when I make gin, I have an abundance of different botanicals to play with where these guys just have hops mm-hmm. and how you get those different hops <clears throat> is actually really interesting. So, um, Lots of research. Mm-hmm. You know, like? I'd be interested, like if you used chocolate malt in a in a whiskey or a gin or a vodka, how would that, would that chocolate character from the malt carry through the distillate? I don't think so, to be honest with you. It might, but when you distill it, it goes into a vapor and Mm -hmm. I don't know the molecular things that do carry over. Um, But you do taste the difference between having a corn mash and a, and a, and a, rye mash Mm -hmm. and a rice mash in the flavors, right? And there is a little bit of that, but 90% of that is the barrel. Have you? All those flavors are from the barrel. Have you guys done a tequila? No, we don't have agave. Could you do a tequila? We 
the rules have changed recently, but up until a couple of years ago, you could only make it in Mexico. Oh, really? Okay. Because to call it a tequila is had to be made in Mexico. I it's like champagne it. and cognac. Mm-hmm. I fucking love tequila. Mm-hmm. I, I like do it. So what happens if you make a tequila in the United States? What is it called then? Off the top of my head, I don't know. I don't think you can even legally make it in the U.S. right now. Interesting question. That's a good question. I did not God know damn, that. Sam, yeah. good, you know, this is good. Yeah, this is for you right here. It can be you got that one. God dang, salmon. I like it. Yep. But Lake, what do you think about this one? Um, Be lucky. I was, it was... I wasn't... Th- I mean, it was decent, but I don't know. I'm still... I'm, trying, still I'm, I'm mostly trying to figure out what barrels they use for it. I'm waiting. I have a question to the Just brewer. move on, man. He's, Just move on. He will get what do you like? like? What do you like? Do you like I like it shit? all, man, but... You know. And I believe this beer was brewed back in 2017. Oh, interesting. Oh, so this is this is like an aged, aged, this, aged, this is, aged beer. Yeah. Nice. Well, I mean, and this has been sitting in my basement for a year, warm. So even then, that's. I mean, it's still a good beer. The, 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 what I like about these dark ones that age for a long time is that they just continually change. Like if we oh, had yeah. opened this up last year, this has been a different beer. Oh, if we had sure. waited two more years, this has been a different beer. And we just, when we opened it today, this has been a very good beer. I've, I've liked it. How long can a beer sit in a barrel? Mm, how long can a whiskey sit in a barrel? Well, uh, according to our just ended uh, barrel age series, uh, Aaron from Junkyard likes his age, his beers and barrels for only like three to four months. But, um, Tom over at Joe Drecker likes to age his 12 to nine, uh, nine to 12 months. That all just yep. depends on what they're going for. I think Chad at uh, Half Brothers did um, an 18 month when he, when they first opened, they, they immediately bought barrels and put stuff in from like some of the first runnings. And I think and there has been really good reviews on his beers too. I was wondering if, cause at what point is there a certain point where it will go bad to where it's just not good anymore? Because if, well, if you're doing a, like a sour beer versus a stout, you want the longer the sour beer stays, it's okay. But the longer it sits, the more you're going to get a chance of oxidation. Uh, you're going to, well, you're going to oxidize in the barrel. You're going to get oxidation no matter what. That's mm-hmm. part of. That's well, part of the point. So we don't have a lot of barrel-aged IPAs. Yeah. I mean, I can't get any IPA on this beer at all. And I, yeah. I, I would, no, I, I don't think whatsoever. I, I don't think they they barrel age this really long. Maybe three months. I kind of get like a barley wine feel to that one. Just not, a little, not quite as syrupy, but yeah, yeah I can get, the, yeah. I get that. Yeah. Let's throw some numbers on this one, Sam. You brought this one. Um, I'd do four point five. Bias, bitch. <laughs> no, I, I like. You would. It. You brought it. <laughs> I, 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 I liked it. If I if, no, I was, if we were going bias, I'd throw it a six. I'm, I'm, I'm. I mean, I'm trying to be realistic. How many sixes have you actually had, Knox? Uh, I've, I think I've we're in the double digits now. Oh, we're getting close to yes. There was uh, this beer right here got two sixes. Oh, but okay, got it. From two different people on the same episode. Yep. Okay. Oh wow. So that one, and uh, I think. Ernie was the only one who didn't rate it a six, actually. So I, I think that one got three of them. Ernie did it a five point five on it, I think. But everybody else was sixes. Nice. I don't think I've what? ever given a six. What is yeah. that one? Stingy fuck. <laughs> that's that. That's the atypical <laughs> cream ale. Oh, like cream. London Fog. It's good I just with tea and it. vanilla. It's so good. delicious. Um, I'm gonna go with this one. I 
I can drink this one. This one is a well-done beer. Um, I am going to go with another 4.75. I'm going to double my score from last time. Bias, bitch. <laughs> Fuck you, dude. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. <laughs> Suck it. Alex, Don't leave what two brewers in the same room like this. What, what do you got for this one there, Alex? I'm going to give it a five. I think oh, it's delicious. Nice. It it makes my mouth water and want more of it. It's a five. And I adding just... adding the chirps candy to a. Did you guys notice a difference? Mm. Oh, Big yeah. time. Big time. It really brought out the the piney a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Grapefruit. I, I did the lavender one. Did you? And it kind of um, uh, brought out that kind of the raisin, the dark fruit. I'm also sucking on the lavender one right now, too, and it definitely changed the beer. I took another sip after it, and I'm picking up more, like, Terp- like yeah, the uh, spices in the beer, but I didn't pick that up at first. Terps Candy, double your beer experience. Yeah. There's a yes. slogan for you, buddy. <laughs> That's a good one. That's right. <laughs> we'll use that. Yeah. <laughs> um, because, like I said, I'm not a beer person, this is definitely making my eyes open to more beer i'm not a dark beer person so i'm probably gonna give it a three and a half because i judge it on would i be able to drink another one i don't think i'd be able to drink another one okay all right blake um it it wasn't bad um i'm gonna go with the four i mean i'd drink another one not in another sitting not in the same sitting but with some friends you know yeah, this is definitely one uh, that you'd want to share with people. I don't, I don't no. think it's like a good smoked Baltic porter. You can only have one, maybe that. No matter how fucking good it is, because it's just like it's a lot to have at one sitting. And this is probably another example of that. Well, most of these most of these bombers aren't designed to be like drank at one shot out of a paper bag and your way home from work. Okay, <laughs> not not a forty. No, this isn't a forty. These are these Just are sharing probably. beers. These are these are designed for this purpose. You know, one or two of your friends get together, you each grab one, or you know, three of you each grab one and and share them and have a have a nice little time with it. If you're drinking all of this one in one sitting, you've got a hell of good stomach. <laughs> and that's exactly how this podcast started with me and Ernie doing bottle shares. So what do you got for an average there, Don? Okay, let me see if I can do this right. All right, so for the Hayes Public House barrel-aged black IPA called... The Morrigan. The Morrigan uh, gets a 4.35. Hey, guys. What's up, Knox? Yeah, I was scrolling online, and I saw this ad for Terps Candy made right here in far North Dakota. Have you heard about it? That's that uh, terpene thingy candy, right? Yeah, man. Um... I was wondering what that was all about. What? What's about? The terpenes. Oh. Well, I did do some research after I saw that ad, and even spoke with Alex and Evan from the company about it. It's, it's pretty fascinating. Like what? Well, the candy is pretty good. I have a flavor right now called citrus berry, and I got to tell you, delicious. Yeah, yeah, but Knox, what about the terpenes? Oh, oh yeah, okay. Uh, well, terpenes are found naturally in plants, I guess. They uh, provide the flavor, scent, and color of each plant and oil from the plants. They're the building blocks of essential oils, and basically the source of many of those benefits of those oils. Like uh, aromatherapy essential oils? Eh, similar, but a bit more potent. Studies have shown that uh, terpenes and terps candy can help uh, do things like elevate mood and have anti-inflammatory properties. Great for pain and stress relief, helps in memory retention, and helps in the absorption of other terpenes into your system. It's kind of a catch-all for some of the best effects from terpenes. Nice. Hey, I like candy. Where can I get these at? Well, I got these from Discontent in Fargo, right next door to Shannon's Salon. 
but you can find them at Vinyl Giant, Tochi Health Products, and Staymar Liquor Store. I did my research from their website, uh, www.terpscandy.net, and they have all the info about them right there, including where to get them in town and how to order their stuff online. Uh, where was that again? www.terpscandy.net. Check them out. <laughs> All right. <laughs> the next beer is uh, also one that Sam brought. It's the Firestone Walker, which I I, I love that brewery, by the way. The Heldorado 2016. Um, so on Untapped, it's a, it says it's 11.88% ABV. It's got a 4.22 average out of 5, so it's really high score. It says the part of the adventure of aging beer in retired spirits barrels is the synergistic interaction of different malt flavors with the oak and spirit flavors from the barrel. Darker beers like stouts and darker barley wines have typically been the favored candidates for barrel aging due to their deeper caramel and roasted flavors. Heldorado breaks that mold with a deep golden color from being brewed solely with English and American pale malts. The bready, honey flavors of pale malts pull out rich wildflower honey, vanilla, and coconut notes from the oak, creating an overall flavor evocative of bourbon-glazed graham crackers that stands as singularly unique in our vintage lineup. Heldorado may be lighter in color, but it is a full-bodied and densely concentrated sipper at 11.8% ABV. Did you just say 11.8? 11.8% ABV from the 2016, yes. I think it's This is life. 2016. Okay. 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 And what is the base beer on this one? Like, uh, like English and American pale malts. Oh, the base beer, barley wine. Oh, this is a barley wine. Yeah, it's a barley wine. Okay. Yeah, it's a barley wine. Sorry, twenty-four IBUs. So let me fill up my eleven point eight. Yes, sir. Oh, you got some chunks. In oh yeah, there. we got chunks in here. You might want to. You, <laughs> you know, may actually help out because I'm seeing a couple other chunks in here. Mine's pretty. Um, yeah, mine's good. got chunks. Sam's Roll got it? a little bit. A little bit of chunks. I can't see it down through mine. I don't. Thing. I don't know if this is a rolling beer or not, but. Um, one thing I pick out right away on this. On the nose? Is, well, no, just, just in, a, in the appearance. Uh, appearance? appearance? There's no head. There is no head on this. But you had a good hiss when you cracked it. It did. It. It, was, it was a good uh, good so crack not, of the beer. It wasn't that it was flat. It's it just, barley wine gets so thick that sometimes you just. Mm. The, I don't like that. You the can smell see, is great on yeah, this you can, one. You can I see that bubble come out. question. Will the yeast mess with the carbonation? Yeast cause carbonation. It does. Okay. Yeah. Yes. So in, in this case, like Sam was saying earlier, um, you have bottle conditioning. You have um, forced carbonation. This one looks like it's been um, bottle conditioned, which means that they take the beer and they add a little bit more sugar to it. So the beer is done. They had a little more sugar to it with the yeast present, and then the yeast reactivate inside the bottle, causing carbonation to take place. It's a it's an old home brewer's trick. You know what it is? It's an old brewer's trick um, for, for carbonation, but it changes the beer a little bit compared to forced carbing, where you just pump CO2 into it and bubble CO2 through. Um, and it and so the yeast can actually re-multiply inside there to pull out all, all the sugars. Interesting. You, you you also get a um, a finer carbonation. I was going to ask you about that cause because you told me about that. Yeah, because you know a yeast is one micron or smaller. You know, it's a it's a it's a cell. I do believe there are three microns. 
<laughs> science teacher, science. <laughs> Whatever. So I mean, Whatever. you know, you're getting, you're essentially getting, you know, the 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 CO two that's coming out is molecular, you know, size because it's coming out of the. Yeah. What is the what's the word the 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 pore on the cell? Oh Jesus. I know the name, but I can't tell you it. Is it that it's coming out of the anal pore? It's not an anal pore. It comes out of the permeal membrane. It, yeah. it is, but it's a I'm not a smart man. <laughs> but <laughs> I know what love is. Love is this beer. <laughs> I can list the things it's not. Yeah. Any, anywho, <laughs> you, you know, so like the 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 so the yeast cell they're emitting molecular scale, not like, you know, Bubble scale extract vacuole that mm. Mm, right there. You remembers. I remembered. Good man. So the the carbonation is a lot is a lot finer on a bottle conditioned beer as opposed to a forced carb. It's gotcha. even it's even finer than nitro. Yeah, yeah. Because they use a carving stone and they put, just pump CO two through that carving stone mm-hmm. to get the, the bubbles in beer. Usually, mm-hmm. if you're really good and you like are really on your game. You don't have to add sugar. You can, you can package when there's when fermentation is like just about done. But you have to be like, I know it's going to finish at the right point. Confident enough to yeah. do it. Yeah. Sierra Nevada does that. Yeah. All right. What do you guys get uh, on the nose of this one? You got the alcohol. color out of the way. There is it's eleven point eight, so it's going to be above ten. So it's not going to have a lot it's of head. Very, it's a straw color with lots of chunks into it. A lot of like, flocculation. Flocculate. Flocculate. Is that is that Flock that's you. the clumping or is that um, attenuation? <laughs> I Attenu- forget. It's a, been I've been out of the game for a little while a, here. But. Atten- attenuation is you. You know how how much of the sugar is gone. Well, so flocculation then. Flocculation is the is the clearing of the beer. So I would call the part the particulate antiflocculant. I, I would call it flocculate. That's probably not a real word. Flocculate? I would flocculate. call it flocculate. I, like it. Yeah. I know we're using terms over here that these guys are just like, what the fuck oh, is I'm, happening? I'm loving well, it. At least we have an episode title now. Flo- <laughs> flocculate. Flocculate. Flocculation. F L O C C. Yep. If you're alone at like home. Like inoculation. If you're alone at home, go ahead and flocculate yourself. Well, that would basically be laying on the floor. All right. What do you guys get on the aroma on this one, the nose? Honey. Honey, uh, honey, and um, pretty much nothing else. Honestly, nope, I'm not getting honey. much aroma. That barley, wa- kind of a, barley wine smell. Without carbonation, it's very difficult get kind to of get a bitter caramels. Bitter caramels? I'm sorry, I, I'm shaking everybody's table. In the, on the flavor, definitely. I don't the get bitter caramel. I don't get any booze in the smell. I get a little bit of booze, thank you. But I get a lot of honey. And maybe some graham cracker, like maybe that's oh. that honey though. Oh, that would be the English malts. Yeah, yeah. I get that. You say so that. yes, so in order to answer your question earlier, Jarek, you also asked what other kind of things can add to beer flavor in uh, malts, the base, but the difference is going to be the, the roasting and the malting. That's where you get the really wide variety of the different uh, of flavors. So how, how malted a specific grain is will bring out different flavors. It's, this, it's, this one, oh, I to mean, bring out that that that. Uh, oh, you're cracker. thinking you're thinking kiln. Oh, okay. yeah, no, it's it's definitely not kilned or roasted at all. Yeah, okay, uh, but or caramel at all. But it's maybe there might be a little caramel 
So when you think when you think of the the beer, there's four things that go into beer: water, hops, barley, and yeast. Yeast, and each one of those four things can have hundreds of different variations to them, uh, and then you add them at different times, giving you thousands upon thousands of different. Just, flavor profiles. Just, just flavor profiles on just the beer. And then you have technique that goes behind each one of those that gives you another thousand upon thousand. That's why there's no, we're not all making Bud Light. We're not all making, um, you know, Public House. We're not all making the same. We can't, literally, we, it's very difficult to make the exact same beer as somebody else because of all the different varieties that can go into this. And that's why breweries are so uh, liberal with their recipes. Hey, clone this beer. Go for it. Yeah, go ahead. Try it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, even if, the equipment can. Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah. yeah, you have house flavors that go into into beers. And, and, then you, and then taking account of that, that like one maltster and a second maltster can give you the same love bond of bond of grain. And it completely different. It, it'll yeah. it'll come out or or attenuate completely differently, and the amount of sugars that are present. So you have all of these different things with beer, excuse me, which makes beer that much more interesting to me than liquor, which is. I mean, you well, get you the, get a whiskey get changes too because each still can be different. Right, all the stills are different, and people pull different distillers pull their whiskeys off at different proofs. Because so a vodka you want to run at 192 proof because you don't want it to taste like anything. Where a whiskey you run at a lower proof, and those are all trade secrets on who are you pulling it off at 130 proof? Or are you pulling it off at 150 proof? Um, so that's a big range as well of flavors. Are you barreling your whiskeys at 115 proof or 125 proof? So that's kind of where each whiskey can become a little different. Plus, is your corn and your barley ratio 50-50? Is it 80-20? Is it – so you can kind of – it's just kind of the same with the beer. Yeah, where you yeah absolutely. Plenty, plenty of um, differences in the equipment plus how you're distilling it. The distilling process is the same. That's – you're cooking it, it's distilling and coming over, and then how you're pulling that off is where each – bottle line or each company can change their flavors and then you get into the barreling and that's a whole nother discussion uh, <laughs> okay. but yeah so i yeah um that's interesting with how many thousands and thousands of variations like you're right you, a, a brewery can't duplicate another brewery's beer just for how many factors come into it yeah so what do you guys get on the on the, on the aroma and the flavor on this one then blake what do you get for the flavor I got a little honey, and then I got, like, after I put the Trips candy in, I got, you get more of that, a little bit of that graham cracker, but I mostly get straight barley, like, you get the, all that barley wine flavor with this one. Yeah, you get a little alcohol yeah. bite into this. Yeah, a little burn. A little bit. It's, it's, a little burn. It's mm-hmm. thick. I love barley. I love barley it. wine. So, so that thickness comes from the gravity that we leave it at. Or, or the, the, the the final gravity. Yeah, the final gravity. So it has a lot more density to it. So that's what gravity and density are synonymous. Um, and the thicker the thicker a beer, the higher the the gravity reading is. That's why I was asking Sam earlier about his barley wine. How's he going to get it down to a certain gravity? Um, but yeah, that's that slickness. The yep the the thick. viscosity well, to it. What, good good word. I like viscosity. What I would get on. I don't get um, 
a lot of the uh, the the Maillard reaction flavor. There's a Maillard. I've heard it both ways. You you go both ways. I do go both ways. <laughs> so this is almost like a like a mead. So, very close cousin of the meat and no, not at all. No, um, so the the Maillard, Maillard, yeah, Maillard reaction. Um, it's like when you cook a steak, you know, you get that caramelization. Um, you get the same thing in the kettle when you're boiling for a long time. The you, the the kettle will create a caramelization reaction within the wort. Um, but when you're boiling, it takes multiple multiple hours for that reaction to start think toast yeah okay. light toast versus dark toast and the differences in there that's pretty much what he's doing so the longer you boil it the more it's gonna reduce down and be not just reduced down but it's gonna start creating a reaction with the um, heat with the sugars in it's gonna caramelize the sugars over time it's so, like half becoming hard candy. Yeah. It's like getting more viscous. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. There's actually, it's like when you're cooking hard candy, there's like levels of, of uh, they call it, the, the level that I cook like our Terps candy to, we call that hard crack. It gets to about 300 degrees. And the reason why it's called that is there was some scientist that was cooking sugar with water and then he would throw it into cold water and then whatever it would do in the cold water that's what he he called it so if you look at candy thermometers it'll say like soft crack at like 210 i think or something like that and it's all the you know if you make gummies it's a different temp if you make so it's it's basically like half making hard candies and then stopping right at that point just so it gets gets more viscous. It's the same thing with uh, bars that make their own simple syrup. Okay. They'll just add water. They'll just put water on a burner, put in sugar, and and start to thicken it. Okay. Makes sense. But the So some barley wines, like the barley wine we're going to do, um, we, we aren't going to start with a really thick beer and then, you know, and just have that. We're going to start with a like a pale ale level beer and we're going to boil it for 18 hours. So you're going to get, a, it's going to be real thick. It's going to be, have a, a, a caramely su- sweetness to it. That's from the boil. I'm excited for that. And I'm, yeah. I'm guessing it reduces because it also reduces. Yeah. We're, we're, we're going to lose about half our volume to, to boil off. So there's that, you know, it's that too, but I don't get that caramel. Mm-hmm. From this, so I I don't think they're doing a. They may be doing like a three hour boil, okay. You know, but I'm not getting like the really long boil flavor out of it. That isn't bad. It just it, it you know it's it's an observation. Gotcha. Well, should we get some numbers on this one? Sure. Let's start. Who brought it? Well, Sam I brought, brought, it. Sam brought it. it. You started out. Well, being I keep getting. Uh, attacked for no, for, don't for don't bias. look at me like that. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm going to give it a two. On the, a two? <laughs> Bullshit, you liar. <laughs> I'll give it a 4.5. Such a dork. No, I like it. It's, uh, it, it's, it, it, the flavor is really good. It isn't real boozy. Um, a lot of barley wines will have, they'll, they'll taste very, um, alcohol astringent. This doesn't have that. It's just very nice. What is a standard barley wine ABV? Or is there a standard? Or is, are, they a usually, range. are they usually higher? They're very high. Yeah. Okay. So like nine you know, to 11. I think, I think it's nine to 12. 
yeah. or 18. I don't think you can get to 18 unless oh, you... Oh, yeah. Yeah. What do you mean? Unless you, what, boil it for 18 hours? I don't think yeast can survive above a certain temp, so you Dep- have to, like, depends super, on the yeast. super pitch it. Depends on the yeast. Okay. <laughs> there is a smell. It smells like a shit. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No. Don, what do you get for a number? Um, I... I'm not a big fan of barley wines. I like a good barley wine. Firestone Walker is probably one of the premier beers on the West Coast. I think they could have done better. What year was this? 2016. Yes, yes. it's been sitting around for a while. Um, I'm gonna. I am gonna go with a little bit lower than Sam. I'm going 4.25. All right, Alex. I'm gonna give it a three. It uh, it just it tastes like honey, and then like a little bit of burn like a little bit of alcohol it doesn't really have a complex flavor to me like like the other beers we've tried tonight um it it it's viscous and i like the honey taste to it but i like the smell a lot more than i like the taste like i it's it's if i smell it i'm like oh this is gonna be great and then it's just kind of like watery mm-hmm hmm. i'm gonna agree with alex i like the smell of it and then i taste it and it tastes disappointing disappointing because you're like it looks good it's got a good color to it and you taste it and you're like okay it's kind of thick it's kind of got a little bit of a caramely taste to it that i like but it looks better than it tastes so i'm gonna go with a three okay blake um i thought it was a good barley one i got all the flavors after it like i've used the trips candy i'm gonna go a 4.5 i'm gonna revise mine don't you jerk. Whoa. You're gonna be that way? Alright. <laughs> now I gotta get redo my math. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Don on my I'm gonna go with a four point two five. Four point two five? I'm gonna revise yeah. mine. I'm gonna go down to four point two five. That's what I was before. <laughs> uh all right, so Firestone Walker, Hell Dorado, 2016, point eight ABV, uh comes out to three point eight. Look, uh, I don't want to be too direct, but uh, this calculator is going up your ass tonight. Just letting you know. <laughs> now, because it because it's I, I blame sap. Big Earn. Okay, he took the damn calculator. <laughs> Does a barley wine because it sat since 2016 in the bottle? Like, how big of a difference do you think that would have played with the flavor? Barley wine is strictly based on how you cook it. Alcohol right? is uh, the alcohol would be the same, um, and with a barley wine, you have very low hops. So the hops will change over time, but nothing else really will. That's why I yeah. was very surprised with uh, the public house that it was really like good with the hops, lower hops. But the barley wine is is just that's going to sit for a long time. For the most part, a lot of a lot of the um, a lot of barley wines get a lot better with time. This one's they get a tw- better with. Okay. I mean, but it's like yep. wine. You don't want to like you know. Then it gets vinegary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't want to let it go too long, and I. I was a little worried that this one maybe was on the edge. Of being too long? Cellaring? Yeah, cellaring is a big debate with me internally. I, uh, I'm in the process of uh, doing a lot of research on that as well. So, But hey, that was our third beer. Let's take a quick break. We'll have our bathrooms and our, our, our uh, smokes and whatever have you with these guys. And we'll be right, right back after this messages from our sponsors. What would you like to eat tonight? I don't know. What are you feeling? 
Uh, you know, I, I could go for burgers or wings. I don't know, maybe even pizza. What are you thinking? We just had pizza. I don't know. Uh, that's what I'm asking you. Well, maybe we should look online. Is what? It happens in nearly every home in America almost every day. At some point, someone asks, what are we going to eat tonight? Worry not. Fargo Takeout's artificial intelligence robotic chef, the Decisionator, is here to make the choices for you. You'll find its three top choices for takeout. If none of the three choices sounds good to you, just click the Nope, Try Again button. Even an artificial intelligence robot chef gets it wrong once in a while. The next time your relationship seems strained based upon what's to put on the table, turn to FargoTakeout.com slash Decisionator. And remember, save a meal, save a marriage. FargoTakeout.com slash Decisionator. You're looking at this beer going, holy wah. Yeah. So welcome back from our break. Uh, our next beer on the docket is Laser Cannon Death Sentence by... Did, did, you, did, you do, did you do your advertisement stuff? Yep. By Turning Point? Turning yep. Point Beer out of Texas. Yep, Turning Point Beer. And it's a, Holy shit, a blend of stouts. <laughs> this is a blend of stouts. This one might have not needed to be rolled a little bit. A blend of stouts, Asian bourbon barrels for 10 to I 13 months with additions of cacao nibs, Madagascar vanilla beans, and coconut. It's a 5.3% ABV. What? What? 15.3. Uh, 15.3. Yep, that's what I meant. What, uh, what I meant. Oh, what I you said 5.3. You missed yeah. a 15. one full 10. Ouch. Sorry about that. That's a big That's boy. why I was looking at this. I'm like, Jesus Christ, we've done 8.5, 11.8. Now we're on a 15.3. Yeah. Well, that's everybody, a, that's, everybody loves me. They love the ABVs. This is the that's champion. a bottle. Well, I always try to, I always try to outdo him because he likes his high ABVs. You know, I mean, when it, when you're doing a bottle share, you don't bring, you know. Yeah, you don't bring this. You don't bring 4.2 percent. You know yeah. what? I bought the <laughs> second lowest. It wasn't even the lowest. It was the second lowest one. 8.5% oh, This is the seven. highest one. All right. I, I get that until, until the bottle the share from Proof. Well, which is... I'm talking about just beers. <laughs> yeah, whatever. All right. I know the... Let's shut. get out of the whiny part and get on, <laughs> to the, get on the podcast part here. <laughs> Don's over here complaining about ABV. Now, this is an imper- imperial double pastry stout. Double pastry. I get the pastry. Yeah. I get I get chocolate that makes cake. So right much more. Sense. Yeah, you get a lot of the a lot of the sugar. Chocolate cake. Mm-hmm. I get I get some coconut. German in, chocolate cake should be a real big thing on this one. No, German that, chocolate cock. Exactly. I'm very jealous of you guys right now. I know. It's I so know. Good. I was like, maybe I should wait till Knox can have some. <laughs> should have had this for dessert. This should. Yeah. Be, this is this is fitting as the last beer. It really is. It's not the last beer. Oh wait, we got another one. We got. We like, got one we got like more three, beer. One more beer, and then we got rum and yep. and, and, and bourbon and, and bourbon. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be a fun day. Good episode. <laughs> so what do you guys get on the nose? Just all that German I, chocolate I honestly, cake. I, mean, I don't get much. I, I get in my chocolate. mustache, and now I get nothing but mustache. I get German stuff. chocolate I get, cake. I get, you get German chocolate cake. I get yeah. I don't want to say specifically German chocolate cake, but I do get chocolate, like a very rich, uh, a sweeter chocolate. And then the only reason I wouldn't say German chocolate because German chocolate cake, as opposed to like regular chocolate cake, 
like the chocolate cake has kind of a roastiness to it, you know? I mean, not really, but kind of, as opposed to German chocolate's very smooth. So not really, but kind of. <laughs> I know I know what you mean. Like, not at yeah, all, see, but Alex completely there. Cook, so he, I, I know what you mean, exactly because, because when I smell this, I smell the dryness of cake. Mm-hmm. I smell like, and that's why you get that Ooh, German chocolate, because it's like that dry. That chocolate? It's it's the flour, I think. It's it's the cake flour. It's like dry with the chocolate. Whereas if, yeah. if you smell like a, a coffee stout and you smell that kind of coffee, uh, chocolatey flavor to it, it's it's wet. It's a wet chocolate. And this is more of like a dry. Moist. 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 <laughs> so what makes it, I thought what made a German chocolate cake was the fact that there was coconut because it got that that's coconut what frosting. I thought too. Well, that's yeah. the little sprinkling or what the the flavoring on top, but they yeah. coat that. Okay, they coat that and the rest of it. Like, um, uh, like if you have a German chocolate cake shot, it's like Frangelico and some other stuff, but they put you know the sugar around the rim and then you bite a lime or a lemon. I mean. And that that citrus is, is whatever they coat that coconut in, and that's what yeah. gives it that that citrus flavor. I must have had some that. really shitty German chocolate cake because what, he take... what he's like describing right now is really good. Yeah, German chocolate <laughs> cake. Like, is I, like, like I hate German chocolate cake because of the coconut, and now he's like no. describing you like all these things. I'm like, don't I've get had the some Walmart. Shitty you can't buy cake. German chocolate cake from Walmart. No. No, that's no, no, not no. real. This, Apparently, this is... that's where Don gets his from. No, yeah, I get mine. Real. Like this is from my my family. My my aunt was a baker for years, and she just like yeah. Well, now I'm talking I'm like, shit about people. Yeah, and I'm like I'm like I must have my aunt sucks. All the German chocolate person now. I'm not saying that. So like the 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 cake. End without like, if, like the German chocolate cake that I know the the if without the the frosting on it like just the cake is a very soft chocolate, yeah. as opposed to like a dark chocolate. This to okay. me is more dark chocolate with coconut. Okay, yeah, that's and that's kind of what I was going. I wouldn't call it German chocolate cake just because it's got chocolate and coconut. It's got gotcha. it's, it's got that dry that that's that's what I call dark chocolate is that kind of dry like. Like white chocolate is milky and creamy, and dark chocolate's kind of burnt and dry. Yeah. Like, and that's this is burnt yeah. and dry. And yeah, the more for the sure. more I taste it, the more I get that. The initial nose was a German chocolate cake. Is on. there any more? Mm-hmm. Yep. Can I have more? You can have mine. Dope. Can I have some more out of the bottle? <laughs> I tried. That's it. not I'm, enough. Is it too sweet for you? There. It's just not up my alley. I'm not. A big fan of it. I already know where I'm rating this one. Well, all right. Well, so what? What do you think they could have done better? Done nothing. I, I honestly, I have no, I have no base for um, barley wines whatsoever. I, I don't like pastry stouts. Number one, the super sweet beers just always get me, and it's just going to be gut rot later. Um, other than that, it's, it's just, it's not my cup of tea, and I can taste it right away. Like I, I've tried it, I've tasted it. No, I'm not a fan of it. Okay. Well, let's throw some numbers on it. Uh, I think, unless you want, you got anything else? I, I just, I really like it. Okay. I, <laughs> I really like it too. It's uh, this. This is. A, I, I'm going to preface it. This is not a, a beer I would normally buy. Okay. This is not my style at all. Um, I don't like the super sweet pastry stouts. 
but this is very well balanced. Interesting. Nope. Turning Point Beer. It sounds like you've done really well. I've been told they do the best stouts in Texas, <clears throat> so then this is the first one I've gotten. Excellent. <laughs> They're covering it. Oh, you know, he's guarding me you from should, opening this other. You should have sabered that when we were outside. You sabered it? No, I'm really not going to do that. All right, yep. throw some numbers on it. Who wants to start out, Blake? Since this is your beer, you brought it. You started out. I like. I like six. the balance on it. I'm going with the five. Five out of six. I like. I'm a sh- sugar addict, so I like the sweetness. I like that it's almost like a dessert in a glass in a mm-hmm. way. I'm going to go with a four. Four. Okay. Would I Alex. drink another glass of it? Probably not, but. What you're tasting is really good and you like yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to give it a five. I wouldn't drink a lot of this. It's it's kind of like a dessertif. Like it's very like uh, sweet. It's not, it's not as sweet as I thought it was going to be. Um. But like the gut rot thing, that's totally a, a factor in how many of these I'm gonna drink. You can just tell, like, oh, I'd, if, I'd crush if, this bottle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and you're not gonna really? get gut rot. Oh my god! Are you gonna eat an entire German chocolate cake? I, d- I have. Okay. <laughs> See, that's where you and I differ. <laughs> I'll eat like I'll eat like a piece of cake and then be like, oh, that's enough sweets for me. But have you seen me? I mean, I, <laughs> you're, so a lot, you're, you're a so lot. What of you're man. saying this is a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so no one knows what we look like. It's fine. So what you're yep. saying, Alex, is like you don't normally go to this kind of absolutely dessert, not. But if you're going to go that way, this would be a, a very high pick of yours. Yeah, like if if you broke this out on Thanksgiving and we were all just hanging out for the whole day, this is what I'd keep going to. Um, I am going to go in the opposite direction of these schmoes. Um, too sweet. I, I, not I, it's, it's not my style. It's too sweet. Um, I, I don't like pastry stouts. We're going off of what we like, not too style, correct? So, correct. You know, I'm not going to go back to this one. Um, <laughs> it's, it's just not my cup of tea. I'm giving this a 2.5. Wow. Ouch. Wow. That's bringing that average down. Yeah. And that's part of the fun of this show is is you get, if we're doing like a like a brand or a style specific, you're going to get kind of higher numbers. But when it comes down to like everybody piecing things together, there's up and downs all over the place. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to totally bash this one out of the park. I'm going to give it a five and a half. Wow! Wow! That's nice. I, 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 here, here, here's why. Like, like I said, or, this isn't a beer I would normally buy. I, I like. I probably would just go past it on the shelf. So I'm really appreciative that Blake brought it. Um, this is a beer that I would sit in the evening and like once all the kids are in bed and I can watch a show and I can just pour like little five ounce pours or whatever out of, or, you know, 10 ounce or whatever out of the bottle until it's gone. Just sit there and nip at it for a movie. Mm -hmm. And being the The, warmer temperature, it doesn't hurt this kind of beer either. Right. It helps with the flavors. Right. And like, I would just sit and drink this for two and a half hours while I watched a movie and this would be just. Good. Good times. All right. 
This is a to me. It would be a sipping beer. Yeah, no, it totally, oh, it totally. Is. Is. Like this isn't a beer that I'd be like, I'm gonna crush this bottle. This no, isn't like a beer I, I'd sit there and do a chug on. <laughs> and, 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 and and like I, this isn't a beer I would drink all the time. I wouldn't like buy like five of these and like have one every night. I'd not at all. But like you know, like you had a good day and like you just want to like you know relish in it a little bit still after you know the night's over. Yeah, crack one of these and just like. Mm. So Sam, what was your what was your score? I did oh, not. Five, I gave it a five and a half. You did give it a five point five. Yeah. Okay. That'll help that rating go back up. <sighs> you know, you sons of bitches. <laughs> even just... with my two point five, even though I didn't like this one, Turning Point, Laser Cannon, Death Sentence, misspelled death. Uh, 15.3 is now in the lead with five point or four point four. And wow. I'm also in the lead of giving us diabetes. All right. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> For sure. All right. And our, I brought that one. So on on, yep. on that note, I, I I have been thinking about doing a beer, a triple fruited pastry sour called Wilford's Beatus. <laughs> All right, this last beer that we have today is Deschutes The Abyss 2017, aged in rum barrels. Oh, this is looking amazing, too. God, I hate these beers so much. Why? I brought those because I knew you did, Don. <sighs> Trying to get you out of your comfort zone. I, I'm, <laughs> And I am grateful. I, there's a reason why it's called a comfort zone. Uh, it's because of where I like to be. <laughs> All right, yeah, this one some... is a, this one is a thirteen point nine percent ABV. It's got eighty IBUs. Uh, this <laughs> imperial stout brewed with black strap molasses, licorice with cherry bark, and whole vanilla beans. Hundred percent aged in rum barrels for ten months. I can oh. see the vanilla beans. <laughs> I can see it in the head. <laughs> it's really yeah. dark. There's a little bit of head on this one, which is impressive. Oh, yeah. This Nothing is you like don't the see. There's flecks of vanilla in the in the head. Is there? Oh, yeah. they loaded the shit, huh? You're in the head. And this is three years after it was. Yeah, this is a 2017. Yes. Yep. So this has this been cellar. You said this is in rum barrels. Rum barrels. Yep. Rum barrel. Rum barrel. Rum rum rum. 13.9 ABV. So on the nose, do you guys get that blackstrap molasses, that really kind of dark sugar? Very dark, yeah. I don't know. I haven't sugar. tried it yet. Yep, I get that molasses. Yep. Alex is not liking this That's, one. No, no. I get a weird, I'm I'm reluctant to say what I smell. <laughs> what do you smell? Well, it is three years after it was. Beef jerky. What? Okay. Like okay. opened they, up like, a like bag a, like of a beef jerky. Like a new yeah. unami. I love beef jerky. Yeah, there's a, there's a new mommy. I love beef is jerky. Is that what it is? Yeah. A little salty almost. Yeah. So, yeah. Yes. You do get that That's sometimes, what it is. you know, almost a Worcestershire sauce. Yeah. Worcestershire. Yeah. For sure. So. Worcestershire. Worcestershire. I, had a, I made a beer one time. We called it the worst to share because it, it was the worst. You know what I think it is? People. I think it's, <laughs> this is weird calling out a single terpene, but I think it's beta carolophene because it exists in vanilla beans. Mm, it's big brain time. Does it say why rum? And we beta calafine. Yeah. We've we've put beta calafine in Whoa. quite a few candies, trying uh, trying to work in the flavor, and the candies have ended up tasting like beef jerky. Interesting. Uh, it's it's my favorite terpene, and I want to put it in stuff, but it tastes awful. Why is it your favorite terpene? 
it it has so many amazing effects. So what what um, what is it in jerky? Is the seasoning? Because obviously those come yeah, some of those not, come from plants. Yeah, I'm not. And really all plants sure. have the terpenes. So like, is this like a turmeric or a cumin or a thyme or? I can't place it exactly, but when you said Worcestershire, I don't know how to say that word. <laughs> Nobody uh, does. Worcestershire. Wor- Worcestershire. Sh- 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 <laughs> yeah, that one. Worcestershire. Uh, Wor- I get Chester Shire. And you nailed that. I nice. think. Yeah, I think you can get that salty. I don't know if it comes directly from that or if that you just associate Worcestershire with. It's Salty. almost yeah, Worcestershire. It's <laughs> almost like soy sauce. Is is what, like like a tiny note of it. Worcestershire. 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 I'm just go. as confused as ever now. You might want to make that. A, you might want to make that a, a clip. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be a clip now. <laughs> Worcestershire. 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 <laughs> All right. What would this go with, Kevin? What would you pair this with? Worcestershire. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I actually, I, I prefer this one. Try no. my avocado soup. <laughs> <laughs> that actually doesn't sound like a bad thing. No, no, it does not. Isn't it just guacamole? Can't, yeah, I think so. Hot guac. Hot, Hot guac. guac. Yeah. Hot guac. <laughs> That sounds like a dirty sex move. All right, so what do you got? So, it is. So on the flavors now. <laughs> Hot block. Oh, fuck, I spilled it all over me. <laughs> Where'd the napkins go? That's right, what she said. Right there. Well, it does not taste like it smells. Okay. How does it taste, guys? Terrible. You get that black licorice, that, that anise, <laughs> star anise? I haven't I get, tasted it yet. I get the roast. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. Exactly. <laughs> Can't tell that's a good a, face or an old face. No, it's Don, not a good For Don, it's that's not, not a good thing. Good. I got a bitterness in the end. I think that's yeah. some of the terpenes that you're talking oh. about, too, is sometimes they can be kind of bitter. <laughs> Don, you well, remember what? when I said it smells like beta-carolophyllene? It, it kind of tastes <laughs> like beta-carolophyllene. It smells like a duck and there tastes might like be. a duck. I think it this got oxidized. Be. This didn't get oxidized, no, did it? I w- it doesn't taste oxidized. It doesn't taste oxidized. Like what, do you, like, what do you think went wrong in this I mean, one? I don't, I don't, I, God, I can't no. say that there's anything gone wrong. Oh, we did. I think I hit the nail on the head. I, 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 think, I, I, think, I think it's like if, too if much of that one. Filing, yeah, terpene. Because they didn't, add, they didn't add the terpene. They added no, vanilla. They added vanilla, which and a, had and a, an abundance of it or something. Like so, what you're saying is you can put in too much vanilla. That, yeah. Now, would they add pure vanilla in liquid form, or would they add vanilla N- beans? No, we can't use liquid vanilla. So they would just add vanilla beans. There's too yeah. much alcohol in it, right? Well, you can't add. Va- you can't. That's why you you can't. You legally cannot add alcohol to alcohol. Right. So, so so you can only add vanilla beans. You can't add the leaves. You can do extract the, flavoring. Oh, you, you, yeah, but you can't. No, do, you can't do extract no, flavoring. You can't, you can't because it has That's alcohol. That's got glycerin in it. No, no it was that right? amaretto. That's different. That's what's that? Because that's a non-alcoholic version. So yeah, if you, but that's if still you go a flavor to the, extract, if, right? If you, right, but if you go to the store and buy vanilla extract, it's oh, like real. Yeah, that stuff. It's like forty percent alcohol. You can't add alcohol to alcohol without. 
claiming it, and then oh, oh. then you go into yeah, a then different it's fortified so or whatever. Do yeah. Whatever it is. liqueur that we do add a small amount of vanilla to, but that's declared in our TTB. And, right, and, and our and side for would be spirits. It's it's maybe different. I just know with beer, if you add alcohol, they get really pissy. And also, if you freeze your beer, I found out. Yeah. And because then that's that's technically a distillation yeah. process to Jacking. concentrate the alcohol, oh. um, which we wow. had we had to claim one time. So they say old sucks. Milwaukee's best ice. We used to call it the Beast. Yeah, that's beast. roofing. Yeah, the Beast. I still call it that. Yep, that's that's an ice beer, and that's um, they have to claim that. So because you're freezing out the water, but leaving the alcohol concentrate in the alcohol. That's why ice beers are always like seven point five. You know, Bud Ice was or Bud Ice House or. Whatever they're called, they're like seven percent rather than the regular Bud Light. That's four point two. Four point two. Yeah. <clears throat> Isn't vanilla bean powder per pound one of the most expensive? Oh. It's foods out there. Madagascar vanilla beans themselves are fucking. Right some... now, vanilla is like through the roof. Too. Yeah. I just bought vanilla. Yeah. And I could usually get it for about three hundred dollars a pound, and it's like almost six. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. It's ridiculous. The the Thanks, fake COVID. vanilla market is crazy right now like the, f- the fake vanilla market. yeah yeah there's fake vanilla flavoring and they're making a bajillion dollars because like all candy sw- like all the big candy makers switched like mars to fake vanilla yeah because it was so, so expensive to buy real vanilla oh i was gonna say so shouldn't vanilla be coming down then no, Supply because they because they know because Big Vanilla <laughs> knows what they big got. Vanilla. <laughs> <laughs> big Vanilla, those fucking corporate vanilla fucks. So now we have we have big guns, we have big tobacco, we have big pharma, and now we have big, big vanilla. vanilla. Let me tell you about Big Sugar. The whitest people there are out there. <laughs> oh, Big Vanilla! Ah, Vanilla! Yeah, good joke. Got that one. Sorry. North Be Dakota careful. knows all about. Someone big might take sugar. offense to that. I don't care. <laughs> I, don't. I don't know if I can finish. So, what's this. the lowest rating you've gotten on this show? Zero. Uh, we have no. the lowest cumulative was like a point seven five. Yeah, what? that's what I'm yeah, talking Nox, about. Cumulative. Nox, what was the one beer that we rated like the lowest? It was that one from. Um, it's like salty caramel. It was the salted caramel from. Uh, no, no, no. This was like a. I think it was Wisconsin. A Wisconsin brewery. It was remember. bad. I remember listening mm. to that episode. And I'm it like, was bad. Oh, but there was God. one beer that we had since then this. that was even lower than that. Oh, uh, oh. And I don't remember what it was. I found it. Ernie would know. Yeah. Oh, I bet you. So I can give this a zero if I want to. You yes. could if you, you wanted could, to. Yeah. Yes. Zero is the lowest you can go. Like drain so, drain pours it can be zero. So I f- I feel like I'm being unfair. To but give alcohol this is zero. still alcohol. This is this is your opinion. I know, but yeah. what we're not going off a of style, mm-hmm. right? So I have I have to give this a zero. You're okay. going at zero. Wow. I have to. Okay. That's a, I think that's the first episode I've been on where someone said zero. This is the like normally I'm a high rater like like I I'm <laughs> yeah, like you, a five you, across the board guy. You there. generally the last time I was on this show I I was giving fives out like they were. <laughs> Nickels, like hey, hey. <laughs> they, are, they are nickels. Nickel. Oh, that's right. That's how currency works. Uh, <laughs> I have to give this is capitalism. This is this is bad. 
this is it, it doesn't smell good doesn't taste good what i have no redeeming factor but you to finished it. it that's the other funny thing because i yeah. had to no you don't no you don't oh, that's, that's the dumb beer. but but i oh. but i had to <laughs> gotcha. to to can convince myself that it was a zero <laughs> jarek i'm gonna you know follow got? closely along not just because I'm oh, not a God. huge dark beer person, but I'm going to give him a one just for the Flat effort. Flat. Um, <laughs> or, uh, I'm going to give him a one. You can't fail him. One. You're giving him an E for effort. Yeah. And so I can't do a true zero, but this is definitely not my cup of tea. Blake. Yeah, I even brought this beer, and I'm disappointed as fuck, <laughs> aren't you? <laughs> Very disappointed, but I got to go with a point five. I think that's one of the lowest beer. beers you've ever Bias, I think that <laughs> I think that is one of the lowest ratings I've ever given on the show. Yeah. The limbo bar has been dropped. Dropped a lot. Yeah. Sam, you want to give us your 4.5? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I have I have to I have to give it a one. Okay. Because as a brewer, I mean uh, you have to you have to applaud the effort. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, sticking sticking the landing like, is another thing, though. Like nope. I was when Don poured it, I was so excited because it looked so thick, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and that and that and that that laser cannon was so thick. And now I had that thick. I need the thick. Give me the thick. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't. The head looked mm-hmm. good on it. It came out. The yeah, there's still good. some laser cannon left. God, I'm gonna have some more of that. I need that to get the <laughs> shit out of my mouth. <laughs> Now, can you pick up the rum, Jarek? I cannot. Like the rum barrel I at can't. all? Maybe that's some of the terpenes we're picking up, too, is the leftover. Okay. Uh, Maybe it was a shitty rum. Because there's tannins, yeah, that could in the, be. there's tannins and vanillins still left in the barrel that in the rum. Like they didn't account for that? They may not have accounted for that. I don't see how a brewery can just be like, this is good. Let's throw it out there, see what happens. Especially Deschutes. Yeah. I, I, I expect a lot better from... Well, I I expected more, yeah. Like, because I've had a lot of their beers and they've all been decent. But then, did like Deschutes buy these rum barrels for a lot of money and then make a lot yes. of this and then be like, yes. "Hey, we gotta put this out." Yes, I know it it's tastes like well beef jerky, yes. but yeah. I mean, uh, I guarantee these you're, barrels you're, cost Deschutes two hundred bucks a shot. Well, that could be because I don't. I'm not the biggest fan of the licorice they used. What's the licorice? This is licorice with cherry bark. Okay, so the previous rum distiller could possibly have done things in that barrel. Because if I if I go and smell the inside of a barrel, I can kind of picture what I would want well, to put into it. It's like a used car. Well, and then there's <laughs> like going and smelling the black used barrel. Like black <laughs> strap glasses. I, I got I got I got to say this too. So I just went back to the laser, the laser cannons. Mm-hmm. This tastes like ass now, after having that. That, what that, did you dr- that drink? Made that other one worse. Huh? I need. Uh, yeah, I have to clean my mouth. Your, your just mouth, just your mouth is coated with that. <laughs> it's got black strap, black strap molasses too. Well, that's the thing about uh, certain kinds of rums too, is where they get their, their well, sugars from. And then, that. and then um, molasses. If you use too much of it, it will, it will definitely off flavor the the final product. So okay. if they if they put in more. So maybe they they use too much. They could have, but it's it's got a very iron, and I don't get iron in the flavor at all. So I don't know if it's the if it's a molasses issue. All I, right, I I'd, I'd, I'd go more with Alex and say that 
they over like we're gonna vanilla the shit out of this well it's definitely a one i think they're banking on their name what was the average and i'm honest well, um, Don has given his number. I, I, I haven't number scored yet. it oh, yet. Oh, oh yeah, I gave oh, it a yeah. one. I have. I have. Yeah, he scored it. I've actually scored. It. I just want to. They're not looking for somebody to buy a second round of this. They got rid of it. They put it out there. Yeah, the abyss. To shoot by one. A lot and of they're people. Not, they're not double buying. A this lot one. of people buy this beer, like the abyss beers, though. A lot of them do. Really? Is this a series? Is this a series for Yeah, them? they got like they got ones that are aged in like tequila barrels, oh, uh, bourbon okay. barrels. Yep. This just happened to be the rum, rum barrels. Yeah. So they you don't want to like ruin their series. So they they probably liked it before they it left the Maybe it tasted better three years ago. And that is oh, this something is in 2017, too. yeah. And then and very true. We may have picked it on a but, you know, opened on a poor year. Yeah. Where I like you, that. You know, in three, you know, another two could, or three years, you could have, you could change that. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, uh, you know, some of the other local breweries have been adding like Butterfingers and candies to their yeah. stouts. And I wonder how those will age. I hate this beer. Uh, it's 0.25. I'm not giving it a zero because I choose not to give a zero. That's gotcha. almost a more insulting that, than a that, this is This is a gentleman's fail. Um, I do not like it. And so grand total Deschutes 2017 Abyss, uh, in, uh, barrel aged rum barrels, 0.55. So is that, what, is that the lowest? Uh, that might be the new low. Oh, the Abyss. Oh, the, abyss the, the Abyss is I the bottom. I kind of feel bad giving the rum it barrel a zero abyss. now. Abyss. No, don't. Please. See, because I've, I've never that. brewed beer before <laughs> in my entire life. But will you ever order this again? No, no, no. See, I never wanted to bring a beer that was ready. No, but both of you were like, (laughs) as a brewer, I can't give it a zero because they tried. Well, yeah, but they, I mean, they did what they said. Everything on that is true. It's just shitty. (laughs) Yeah. Well, okay. I I feel like if I had, if we were rating candy and I had candy corn, I'd give it a zero. Right. And if if somebody were to like pour me uh, and tell me that this, you know, double IPA or this uh, black IPA and they poured me something that looked like that, it would be, they'd get a zero. You've okay. completely failed. Okay. You have, this is not at all what you're supposed to have. Right. Even if you're doing BJCP Even certifications, if, yeah, you, they, you could you really score the low on this one. That makes yeah. me feel better. And so it's not, yes, they did what they said they were going to do. I didn't like what their outcome was of what they did, but they did what they said they were going to do. <laughs> It's 0.25. I think where so it's not a zero. For I me. think their idea with what they wanted to do with it was there. They just didn't compensate for the fact that rum in barrels is a, is a, is a dark rum, a spiced rum. There's a lot of components going on with that rum. Now the barrel is going to have a lot of components to it, and when you mix the amount of components in the beer itself with that barrel, it like a double negative. It just didn't really work. That makes sense. That makes total sense. All right. Brews, Booze, and Reviews is sponsored in part by Ridgeview Liquors. Ridgeview Liquors is your best bet for service, selection, and savings. With the staff trained to help you find what you're looking for and the area's best selections of beer, wine, and liquor, plus weekly ads with amazing deals we can't think why you need to go to any liquor store. At Bridgeview, we pride ourselves in carrying a broad selection of products from tried and tested favorites to the newest items. 
We carry a selection of craft beer found nowhere else in the area, including sought-after breweries like Black Stack, The Brewing Project, Tin Whiskers, Stack Decked, Elephant, and many, many more. Our wine section is specially curated to provide the best wines at every price and for every occasion, with a special focus on smaller independent wineries and European wines of all types. Our liquor selection also prioritizes smaller produce. Smaller products. <laughs> no, keep it in. No, I love the energy. I love the energy. Uh, smaller producers, as well as those hard to find bottles that others just don't seem to carry. So, whatever your beverage needs, stop in and check them out. We are sure they can help you find something to put a smile on your face. So, for the month of December, all Dark Horse wines are $5.99. You save $3. And Fargo Brewing Company, 12 packs are $3 off. And Fargo Brewing, 6 packs are $2 off. For the week uh, starting December 7th, you can get Coors or Coors Light 24-pack cans for less than 20 bucks. $19.49. That's less than buck a beer. Uh, they also have Guinness 12-packs. You save 4 bucks on those. Um, and they have Vela wine uh, starting from $10.99 to $13.99. You can save anywhere from 3 to 4 bucks. From the 14th to the 20th, Kona 12-packs are $13.99. 19 Crimes Wines are $8.99, and you can save $5 on Boda Boxes at $15.99 apiece. Is Boda Box where you get your lips fuller? <laughs> <Whoa>! <laughs> See, I look at it differently than y'all do. Uh, uh, the week from the 21st to the 27th, uh, you can save money on Tito's Vodka. So if you're going to hang out behind the command center and be in charge of playing videos all night when your friends get drunk, get Tito's Vodka. $29.99, you save five bucks off of one seven five. Or you can uh, sit and hang out at your house, listen to episode 103 where we talk about brandies, because uh, they have uh, $3 off of one seven five of ENJ brandy for $18.99. And for the week of the 28th through January 3rd, you want to stop in because Andre Champagnes are $4.99. You save $3 off. Happy New Year. Yay. <laughs> and also, if you listen to some of our episodes, we also like New Amsterdam vodka. We think it's very solid Whew. for the price vodka. And, and then at, gin? Yep. And at $16.99 for a one seven five, you save four bucks on that one. So that'll be good for your New Year's Eve parties. Breaking news from Brews, Booze, and Reviews and Bridgeview Liquors. Save 10% off of all purchases at Bridgeview Liquors when you mention Brews, Booze, and Reviews. That's right. Brews, Booze, and Reviews will save you 10% off of all purchases at Bridgeview Liquors. And that's the news from Brews, Chris, Booze, and Chris, Reviews. You forgot to mention that they got to mention it at checkout. Oh, yeah. Don't say it when you walk in. Say it at the counter when you're checking out. Brews, Booze, and Reviews save 10% at Bridgeview. That's the news. So stop into Bridgeview Liquor at 935 37th Avenue South in Moorhead or call them at 218-477-6162. From those of us at Brews, Booze, and Reviews, have a safe and happy holiday season and may 2021 be so much better than 2020, it won't be hard. Uh, that was our last beer, so... So I'm going to have you pour your own there, Sammy boy. This is Four Square. This is a 2008 single-blooded rum. It's the Barbados edition. Um, four Square Rum Distillery, 2008. The rums in this series have varied between 11 and 12 years old, have always been bottled around the 60% ABV mark or thereabouts. It is a blend of pot and column distilled rum, which has been blended and aged for the full 12 years of maturation in Barbados. Tropically aged rum, so that's a higher uh, age temperature. 
And uh, I'll let Jarek talk about this, especially well, with um, Rick Houses and where you store it at. Well, <clears throat> Wait, I mean, rating systems ri- one through five. My Rick Houses here in North Dakota. So our barreling process, and I'll get to that with the sampling of my bourbon. But the barreling processes in different parts of the country are are vastly different. We go from tundra type temperatures here to where it's more of a constant humid temperature in areas where they're making an aging rum. So that means uh-huh. there's a lot more, of expansion of the of the wood, right? Well contraction. Not in a more level climate down there. The wood bout stays the same. Where ours when you go from minus 40 to 100, that's a lot of contraction. That's a lot of barometric pressure changes. Mm-hmm. So it's pushing the alcohol in and out of the wood farther. So a southern distillery, uh, whether it be rum, bourbon, uh, what have you, is more of a linear um, aging process. So it's a light It's a light eventual age. Flavor. Yeah. Okay. Now the humidity does come into play because that means more um, alcohol will leave than water, which means the proof will drop. Now, spirits age better at a higher proof. So if the proof is dropping vastly, then they're going to have to um, age it longer, possibly. So, so the um, higher the humidity, the better? The higher the humidity, the more water or the, the more alcohol leaves. Oh, which okay. means the, 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 the humidity sucks the water out of the mm-hmm. bottle, the barrel. Okay. Where oh. in a lower humidity, more water will leave and your proof will climb. Gotcha. Um, which you have to be careful in your aging process because if your barrels climb too high, they can suck too much oak out of the barrel for the profile you're looking for. Because um, I've checked a couple of my barrels that I barreled at 115 proof and I checked them a year, two years later, they were at 130. So wow. they can they can climb that high. Um, and I'm, I'm not sure exactly because we don't make rum, so I don't know what they're what rum would be barreled at. And that's, these are all trade secrets too. Some people are not going to let them, let people know what they're barreling the proof at. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I've so. had, I've heard good things about Foursquare and a lot of the rum groups that I'm in, I'm a part of on, on Facebook. And, uh, this was, uh, the first one I thought that I could buy. That was uh, a really good quality. That was highly rated. <clears throat> and it says, uh, on the website, the fat rum pirate.com. The nose is vibrant, lots of oak spice, yep, I get- bourbon-esque notes with lashings of vanilla, coconut, and ginger. Can we, can we, I have two things I want to bring up to Jarek because he's, he's going to be our specialist on this stuff. Mm-hmm. One, what's the, you mentioned pot versus column. Mm-hmm. A pot versus a column still. So a pot still, a, a column still has a bunch of what do you caps. have? We have a column still. You have a column still. Yes. Okay, I know. So, I know your setup. So. Fractionating still. A what? A fractionating still. Oh, okay. I still don't know what hey, that means. Don <laughs> is what a column still is. Uh, column versus pot stills. So pot stills are mainly traditionally used for rum for bourbon. A column still because we do a bunch of different types of. Alcohol, a column still is benefactor for us because vodka, you want to hit a high proof when you distill it versus bourbons and whiskeys, you want to run it at a lower proof. So a column still has these bubble plates that come into play. And you the more plates you have in play, the higher the proof can climb. So when we're running vodka, we have all these plates in play to try and hit 192 proof because that strips out is, flavors. Yeah, isn't, 
technically isn't every plate. It's it's literally distilling again off yep. every single plate. Yep. So when a vodka bottle says five times distilled, we could put on ours it was 30 times distilled because every time it passes through those plates it redistills and redistills oh, and okay. every time it does that it pulls more sulfides out of the alcohol also oh. why stills are made out of copper because copper is the only metal that will pull out um pollutants in alcohol sulfides sulfates wow. that's why we 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 had a little trick in our brewery that would pull out um sulfur mm-hmm. flavors and things because there, there's a lot of sulfur if you ever pipe smelled in the no, it was different. It was way better. If you've ever smelled pure ethanol, it is disgusting. It yeah. smells like a mix of a of a oil refinery and a cattle farm. Yeah. It, it, you wouldn't think that it smells that bad because it's just corn juice. It is disgusting. Um, I've smelled it before. That's like is that like methane gas? Is that there's methane? So the alcohol spectrum, there's everything from methane to isopropyl. Okay. They're all part of the alcohol. Because like I've I've been there during a, a moon moonshine still when they let off the first and it's it's just pure methane gas yep. or it just smells like what those you described. Are, it's like those are known farm. as the heads. The heads. Yep. And the heads are what made the old moonshiners go blind. It has oh, the okay. it has the methanes because methane boils at like one forty four and water boils at two twelve. So in between. There is a whole range of different alcohols. That makes sense. And salt and copper pulls out a lot of those impurities. That's cool. That's really cool. Hmm. So there's there's a there's a lot of science and chemistry that goes on with just the making of the still, um, because like pure ethanol factories just make volume. They want to have 200 proof corn juice that'll burn. They don't need it to taste good. So that's why it smells so bad. It's because there's so much of that sulfur left. We actually, speaking of rum, we played around with doing like a North Dakota rum because we're in beat capital here. So, Oh, that's a fantastic idea. It did. It's a great idea. It's a great idea. Didn't work. We couldn't pull enough of the sulfur taste out of well, it there's not an actual molasses that comes out of beet sugar there either. isn't yeah and beet sugar is different mm-hmm. even with like confectionery stuff be- beet sugar is a lot different than cane and sugar when you smell the beet plant driving past it we could not take no matter how many times we ran it through the still we could not get that faint aroma to leave and that's not ha- that doesn't have to do with the ferment process it doesn't have to do with the dis- Dilling, it just will. It, that aroma just didn't leave. Interesting. And so we just kind of went away with doing a a a, a brum, a beet rum, um, sugar cane. Sugar is a whole different type of sugar, and we'll just leave the rum to the to the islanders. <laughs> fun fun so fact. Let's... Fun fact. Um, beet sugar is the only commodity in the world that is protected by the by a government. To guarantee its price. Cane sugar isn't? Cane sugar is not. Hmm. Because, and that's because beet sugar cannot compete with cane sugar on a, on volume or price. Makes sense. The, uh, the beet sugar workers are unionized with the uh, tobacco and confectioner. It's yeah. like, it's like the tobacco... Tobacco and confectioner and something else union. Crazy. Yeah. It's like sugar and tobacco because they're (laughs) 
because because of what Sam just said, like to, tobacco isn't protected, but it's regulated much the same that the beet sugar is. So it's like they all unionize together because of that. All right. I'm guessing it's because cane sugar is that much more dominant. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it, it, it yeah, it's world sought world. after more. Yeah, for sure. But you know, they they grow sugar beets in in um, in Russia too, because it's a very similar climate to here. Uh, but similarly, there they it's protected um, by the Ukrainian and and Russian governments to protect the beet prices to protect those farmers because cane sugar just. You can't compete against it. Mm -hmm. Also, interestingly enough, uh, a few years ago, the University of Minnesota, through genetic engineering, um, came up with a variety of sugarcane that would grow in this climate. Really? Yeah. They they grew a test plot, and then that was the end of it. Hmm. Dun, dun, dun. So. Jarek, <laughs> is, there, is there a way we should be sampling liquor? For for There's on a, your guys' side, because obviously with beer we have yep ways of doing it. So beer can be I don't know if beer gets bottle locked as much as spirits do, but when you take something fresh out of a barrel or fresh out of a bottle, there's a reason why decanters exist. Same thing with the snifter glass. There, it when you pour something out, you want to let it sit. And I don't know so much about rum, but because it's distilled, I'm guessing it's fairly the same. Um, that you want to let it oxidize in the glass. You want to let it. Same thing with a wine decanter or a bourbon decanter. Is it oxidizes it and it changes more. More when you first smell something out of a bottle, it's not the same as five minutes later. So a proper bourbon pour is to let it sit, to smell it quick, let it sit for five minutes, smell it again, swirl it around, let it oxidize, and it changes. It changes a few times. And then when you add water to it, starts the dilution process, opens it up even more. So it'll change again. They, a true whiskey connoisseur will say to smell it three or four different times before you even taste it because the, the smells change and that opens up your, your palate to what it's actually going to taste like. Now, I had heard somewhere that the when you when you add water to a bourbon or to a whiskey, you're almost looking for an optimal proof of thirty seven proof. Thirty seven point is that like Booker nose temp uh, uh, temperature is like thirty seven or ABV was like thirty seven point eight or thirty seven point six or something like around that. That's getting. I mean, if you're looking for a specific proof, I mean, you add an ice cube and that could get you in the range, but it does change. Mm -hmm. Dropping in proof changes, um, adding all adding water to it, just even a couple drops of water. Yeah. So is there the dilution? Is there like a difference the, between like me pouring your vodka into a glass and then adding an ice cube, and then me like adding three ice cubes and then pouring your vodka? The vodka doesn't matter because there is no flavor to it. You're not looking for the different aroma. Well, well, like, it. but it, but is that changing anything at all? For those two with any distillate, like, is that any distillate will drop in proof when you add ice? Like either way, though. Either way, whether whether I'm pouring it onto ice or yep. adding it in, it's the same. And that's the the mixologists out there all have their yeah specific ways of how to make a a cocktail or a, you know a whiskey sour with or uh, a uh, old-fashioned with the mm -hmm. big blocked ice yeah there's then, sign we could t get a whole podcast about ice 
yeah ice is a yep. whole science we can and yeah no in the future we should but and how to get that clear ice ball is a specific way to make that ice and but either add, way we're changing the proof either way you're changing the proof okay. because you're adding you're adding water to it and that's yep. how you proof down barrels is you're just adding water um rum versus bourbon i'm guessing there's a lot of differences but i'm guessing they're about the same i'm guessing because this rum was barrel aged it's going to act like the bourbon where you let it sit you let it oxidize it's going to change a couple times um versus your initial smell right out of a bottle so who who brought this one is this is this your stock that's that'd be mine yes okay um i bought that this summer so what do we got for smells? Like, what are, what are we smelling on this one? On um, this one, we got more of the uh, lots of coconut, apple, raisin, and a touch of pineapple. I got, I got some co- spicy uh, notes yeah, from the, the younger bourbon. I got it's the co- delicious. I got the coconut. Yeah. I get coconut off the bat. I get coconutty bourbon. Yeah. I get. Oh yeah. 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 I get a lot yeah. of a lot of that bourbon. I don't get any apple. Yeah. Fru- fruity I, I, and I, bourbon, like, but definitely fruity. I see the coconut now that you mention it, but I didn't notice it before. So, you know, I'm, I'm a rookie when it comes to, like, do you, rum. Do you want to know what this, this rum smells like, what I think? Absolutely. That's why you're here, yeah. Sam. Sabro hops. Ooh. Specifically. I don't see it. Really? Oh, tell, yeah. Tell no, us totally. about Sabro hops, Sabro. what are they used in? This uh, was aged in a bourbon barrel, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Rum was aged in a bourbon barrel. Sabro is used in, like, IPAs and... Okay. But Sabro has a very um, coconut uh, aroma to it, and I really get that. And then with the bourbon barrel, Sabro also has a very, uh, it, it has notes of cedar, so a woody note. And that's, so I, I to me, when I smell this, we did a beer um, last year that used all Sabro, and it, it's, this is what that beer, I mean, not exactly, but. It very reminiscent of that. What do you guys do? You guys get all those uh, noses on there? Or, or? I, I do. I get and some the of palate? Them, some of them. The palate is. I don't get the apple. Wow, yet, incredible, isn't it's, it? it and <laughs> it's fucking good rum, man. I like. I said, I'm not a rum guy, and mm. so my Captain Morgan. I mean, that's my, that's the extent You're of my a spice rum. Like, rum guy, like yeah, well, okay. no, even I mean. Captain Morgan Silver was like high quality the last time I had rum. Uh, okay. I've had I've had some Jamaican rum when I was in Jamaica. Uh, it was all right. It just that Appleton's. I think it's called Appleton's. Appleton rum. Estate. Yeah. yeah, Appleton Estate. Um, I'm, not a, I'm, not a, I'm not a rum guy, and now that I taste this at 120 proof. Mm-hmm. This is, this is, this is, I can tell the, proof. Yeah, I can tell on my proof. tongue, it's high proof. When yeah, your tongue tingles is, like yeah. that, this is potent. Oh, so I shouldn't have poured four ounces no, of I've it, had, is what you're saying. I, no. had, I had this You straight. can add a dose, just a little yes, dose of water. add a little water. And a little now, bit. And now I'm, I'm, gonna I'm put betting some water like a it. bourbon, it's going to change a little bit. Well, I hope so, because that was horrible. Yeah, you put too much in already, Don. Water? Yeah, you put too much water in already. So so did Sam. No. Did I? Yeah, you put you put way too much water. You want to put like like I'll a more like a couple drops, like a dropper. Like yeah, like literally like four drops you maybe. You know, no, no, no. <laughs> now that I have it with a little bit of water in it, it opens it, up more of the floral. It's now. <clears throat> it, it's not as dry. It's it does have more of that bourbon esque feel to it, where I could drink this if I were to pour this over an ice ball. 
you know, three fingers in a glass with an ice ball, I would definitely knock this out of the park. Yeah, this is a uh, navy uh, proof style rum. Yeah. I'm gonna yep. dis- I'm gonna disagree. When I added water to it, it turned into uh Everclear. Mm. Like I got when I was drinking it straight, it was so like it had it was so complex and it had all these different things going on. And as soon as I added added the water, it was. See, and Jarek just he he just literally like measured out Mm -hmm. into his glass how much he was going to put in. Um, It does it doesn't take much. No, and Um, Alex Alex takes a finger into his water glass and like drops it into like the bottom line mm -hmm. of of it. The bite went away. The bite went away. The bite went away. But But the flavors are still there when you you are attenuating the water. Flavor because the bite goes away, so you're like ah, no burn. You, you, you all also poured way less, way less than I did. Yeah, no, he, but but he <laughs> but had I'm like to taste just it. a line. <laughs> no, he's not trying to get shit faced, Sam. I'm he's not trying, either. I have well, to you're go working home. on it. So am I. Uh, <laughs> but he had just a line, and he just like dropped it in there, and I could totally like when I started pouring mine, everyone's like, that's too much water. Yeah, I'm tasting. Sorry. I'm tasting a whole different drink now. I mm-hmm. really am. I'm tasting more of that coconut fruit. Maybe even like cranberry, not necessarily cranberry, but something in that vein of like dry and I'm in and there, yeah. It was really good. I had um <clears throat> I had twenty five year old aged rum before I hated rum. I had like Captain Morgan and and just regular Captain Morgan and a couple other you know Admiral, I was fancy with the silver. Sailor Jerry's that type yeah. of stuff, but but I had a uh, I had an aged rum. It was amazing. This is as good as that aged rum. I think it was like a twenty year aged rum. This okay. is as good as that with a little bit of water added. I just added four drops to just a little. Oil. That's all it takes to yeah. start that dilution process to oh. open up. Oh yeah! So now I have, so now I have to drink. It's like it's like caramely. Mm-hmm. I'm drinking beer to cleanse my palate, which is so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> and whether it's b- bourbon or rum or a scotch or a single malt, it, a lot of people will just slam it and they're like, "Oh, that burned. That wasn't very good. I hated that." No, where right. y- you start just baby sips, and you can start to pick out more. Um, like a like a beer, you take a get your whole mouth wrapped around that mm-hmm. beer. See, did you did you listen to the episode where we did like basic whiskeys? We had Jim, Jack. Oh, the macro whiskey blind macro taste whiskey test. Blind, the three wise men. The blind taste test. Oh. There was we had six of them. Yep. Yes, yeah, so we had Jim, Jack, Crown, Crown, Jameson, Wild Turkey, Jameson. And Black Velvet. Yep, Black Velvet. Black Velvet. It was, and we sat and we sipped them plain. I mean, just straight. Mm-hmm. And it, we were very surprised with what we came up with because of how we're used to drinking our bourbons yep. and whiskeys. And it was it was very fascinating to find out the results. Yeah, of the that top one. the top three uh, were very uh, different from what people thought. Yeah, <laughs> when you take away the burn, whether adding a little bit of water or sipping, you get to pick out the sweetnesses and the differences of the barrels, the tannins and the vanillins in the barrel. Um, the you're not getting that overbearing moonshine type of yeah. of flavor where it 
making your tongue burn and sting and you're fighting back tears. Like, oh, I didn't like that at all. Where even mediocre bourbon uh, has a sweetness to it. And you can only pick that out if you're sipping it. You, is it, you again, get, again, is that a kind of all liquor I think in that's general? all liquid like, in general, yes, because you take a full mouthful of it and it's just going to, yeah, it brings you back to college days. It's like, overwhelming. Need, yeah. Overwhelming. So a lot of people don't know there is a proper way to taste distillates and it's not taking a full mouthful. It's little bits at a time. I was always told to dip your finger in first and take mm-hmm. a drop. And when I'm, your mouth used to it. Yeah, get used to when it I'm distilling and I have... My my hearts are what we keep to put in a barrel, whether it be the vodka or the gin or the bourbon. You're in your hearts. I'm just dipping my finger in and tasting it because the sweetness level is how I know it's getting into your tails, where it's not as good anymore. Then you're getting into the fusel oils of the alcohol. So you have so you have the, what are the heads? You call it the hearts. The heads, the hearts, and the tails. Tails. Okay. Mm-hmm. I knew and, the heads and the tails. Mm-hmm. I forgot what the middle name. Was. The hearts is the stuff you keep for the barrel. That's the okay. Y- your bulk, your majority of it is going to be your your hearts. And like I mentioned earlier, the heads is a culmination of the the lighter alcohols, or also know what I call the cleaners. Because those are the type of alcohols that work well for cleaning things. Volatiles. Volatiles, yes. Yep. So anyone out there that's interested in uh, home distilling, it's illegal. Don't do it. Yep. Yeah. It's and illegal and it's why. not very yeah. safe. Yeah, it's um, not you're safe. You're basically making a bomb, uh, very high pressure, high proof alcoholic bomb. A lot of reason why the old moonshiner stills used to blow up is they had just fire underneath it. Ours is a, we use steam. Uh, big boiler downstairs for for steam and um, it makes for a much more controllable because a lot of times you want to slowly increase the temperature and you want minuscule temperature increments uh, for when you're reaching your the golden area for distilling um, is around a hundred and hundred like a hundred and ninety degrees is when most of the hearts is coming off. As soon as you start getting up to 200, you're getting close to running to the fusel oils then. And so <laughs> you're very, when I cook about 300 gallons of corn mash at a time, um, the first stuff that comes off, I pull about two gallons worth of heads off and I just discard that. Okay. I save a couple jars for cleaning stuff around the distillery because it's free, it's free cleaner. It's free <laughs> cleaner. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, um, hand sanitizer. Hand sanitizer. We were dumping that into the hand sanitizer. Don't Blah. don't drink that stuff. By the way. Oh yeah. Not- <laughs> uh, FYI, that's what I used to light that bottle on fire for that video. At the Proof hand sanitizer. I, I use your yeah. hand sanitizer yeah. at work. Yeah. Like that's that's what I use. It's it's potent stuff. Bring, bring some of that cleaner over to Side Street next time. I'll clean the grill with it and okay. stuff. So uh, after you pour a little bit of water in there, do you get any of that like red wine or cherries or I, some raisins? I got that. You said cranberry. Cranberry, which maybe yeah. is the raisin and cherry mixing together. A little bit of tobacco, leather, and a little bit of touch of cocoa, maybe. Leather? Leather. Where maybe. do we get leather from? How do you we get leather in there? some tasting notes from this website. I know, but yeah, how do I get leather into my rum? I have leather, leather on my barrel. Flavors of leather can get come from the barrel. I'm gonna okay. look up. Some you more said rum beef research. jerky earlier. So I know. Don't, I don't on a but beer. He wasn't, he wasn't wrong. <laughs> he wasn't but wrong ex- either. But I explained but where it came from. Right. Beta, and so leather. I want to know what terpene. Yeah, beef, beef jerky. jerky is usually smoked. 
So yeah. smoke yeah, has like tannins, smoke. vanillins, and yep. terpenes in it, yep. which is where the beef jerky possibly could. But I've never tasted leather before. I've read about pirates eating their shoes. I've well, I mean, it. leather leather is a meat is technically like a, a animal product, mm-hmm. and so if you if you think about how they go through the process of leather, if like you're a bad tanning, cook, if well, if you're tanning leather, you have these things that go into that as well. I think leather and tobacco notes come from the barrel. All of all of that makes sense to me. Yeah, I just I'm just confused about how I get it into my. Like I don't I don't taste leather in this, but I can see where somebody would say, "Oh, this tastes like leather." Oh, okay, I get not like, but But, just notes of it. Right. I'm curious as to a spiced rum, how they add their spices. Because when I spice my alcohol, it's known as gin. Gin is just botanically infused vodka, basically. And what we do is we run that through a spice capsule that holds all these botanicals and spices. So the vapors pass through it and then recondenses on the other side and comes out as, as liquid alcohol. So Rum, I'm curious, is if they're distilling it like a gin or if they're just dropping a sack of... See, that's what I figured like you guys did. It was in. just like, took like, oh, here's our bag of botanicals and we'll drop it in this. No, you know. see, I knew, I knew that because I'd, I'd taken the uh, tour with your dad. Mm-hmm. And so I'm curious as if rum is distilled... That's like all gin, right? It's like ran through a filter or whatever. Um, sometimes because a lot of people do the what they call the old bath tea bag, like tea bag, yeah. yeah. A lot of people like the tea bag. Mm-hmm. That's cool. That's, that's cool. I'm not a tea bagger myself, but personally, I definitely understand. Personally, it. We're, we're not tea baggers huh. either. I'm not knocking on the style. It's just not our. We have a still that allows us to not tea bag. My um, son tea bags a lot of people on Call of Duty. It's also yeah. it's also yeah. beneficial yeah. to not. Tag the teabagger or punch him. The yeah, teabagger don't, don't shouldn't tag no, the teabagger. No, don't yeah, tag them. That's, that's yeah. Don't knock around the teabaggers. Okay? But like y- you guys take a filter or whatever, and then you just take like your vodka and running through it, and is then it you hot? get hot gin. It's hot because so we ba- they okay. steam it is is what you're gin, doing. Yes, gin is a whole other world of pot a podcast episode. But yes. basically, we Thank take you. our vodka and we redistill it and. In while it's in a vapor form, it passes through this little capsule that has all 23 different spices that we add to it. And then the vapors recondense on the other side in the parrot and um, c- comes out as a liquid. That so, is so cool. And then uh, now they taste better. And so, gins are usually do, pot stilled, right? Usually, After, yeah. yep, yep. So ours is... It's, I saw yours. Yep, yeah. it's like a pot still, and then but there's a capsule up high that holds the spices, mm-hmm. the ar- aromatics and stuff. So it the vapors pass through it, recondense on the other side, out pops gin. Basically, it's just infused, botanically infused vodka, whether you're running corn vodka or potato vodka, whatever it be. Now, rum, I'm curious, is if they're doing <clears throat> a tea bag style for the spicing or if it's... In the distilling process, where the vapors pass through and cling on to it, because um, all of those change your product. Whether it's, um, for example, if we pulverize lemongrass, it tastes like Dawn dish soap coming out the other side. Whereas Ugh. if you leave lemongrass in its whole form, it gives a nice light, um, mm. lemony, citrus aroma and flavor to it. It's like it's like if you model mint in your drink, that's when you get the mint flavors. But if you don't, it just kind of sits there, there and tastes like mm-hmm. the, the plant. 
but how <laughs> drastically that can change your flavors. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, just leaving the lemongrass in straw form uh, made the product amazing, where pulverizing it made it taste like Dawn dish soap. Interesting. Let's get back to this this uh, four square rum so we can uh, move on to uh, your bourbon there, uh, Jerry. This is the, like rum's curious because it, it's like a bourbon. It plays very much like a bourbon does. Mm-hmm. The, the the people that really take their time and craft it well, like I think Foursquare is one of those distilleries that are really well in crafting their rums really well. Now we're doing this one through five. One through five. No, alcoholed spirits, distilled spirits are one through five. Okay. So one being the, is, is it one through five or zero through or five? Or zero through five. Okay, yeah. zero through five. Yep. Five being, so, this is fucking awesome. I'm so going to go, I'm going to go with a, Four and a half on this. I like it a lot. Um, the initial bite was there at 120 navy strength, obviously. Mm-hmm. And the proper way is add a couple water drops or an ice cube and sip on it. I wouldn't personally. I wouldn't mix this with anything. Uh, ice yeah, cube I, I, I have a feeling. Yeah, when I had some, uh, I I didn't with anything either. Not no ice cubes, nothing. Mm-hmm. Just uh, sat and sipped on a neat in a Glen Cairn glass, actually. No, it's it's very nice. It's it's caramely. Um, I get a little bit of the cranberry you were talking about. It's it's pleasant. All right. Blake, you want to go next? Um, I've had some good rums. Um, I'm going to go with the four. Like, my favorite rum is Kahala. I don't know if you guys have heard of that. Nope. It's from Hawaii. It's, it's I can't remember what exactly what they use in it, but I'm, I'm trying to get a bottle to bring here, but I'm going to go with the four. Okay. Sam. I'm gonna I'm gonna go four point two five. I I really like this. I uh, it, the complexity just and like you said, straight up like no dilution, um, not chilled at all. Just as it is 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 really nice. So once you kind of get past that the first f- taste of the burn, it just is. It's a very nice rum. I might I'd I'd, I'd buy this. And you liked it better at the four drop. Mark versus the dousing it. Actually, I liked it better straight without any straight? drops. Okay, that was that was the best. It was it was it's sweet, it's smooth, it's just really good. Excellent. I really liked it. Yeah. So what I say? Four point two five. Two five. Yeah. Yeah. I'll go. Yeah. I'll stick with that. Yeah. And Don? Uh, I I don't like this. Uh, it, I'm not a rum guy. <clears throat> when I had it straight, it was too harsh, too, too much going on. I added water to it and it improved. I was ready to go down to like a one and a half when I first had it and put a little water in it, sample it by great suggestion, uh, opened it up and I'm probably never going to have this again, but you know, I'm giving it a 3.5. It's, it's not horrible. Um, once I learn how to drink it, I will enjoy this better. But I'm giving this a 3.5. Okay. Alex, what do you think? Exactly what Don just said. Like, exactly. 3.5. I I had it. I was like, oh, boozy rum. Don't really like rum. Just average. Added some water to it. A little better. A little better, yeah. Eh, a little better. All right. This is Okay. So what do we got uh, for for uh, average there? Just double checking my math because I never know for sure. But this was um, so the uh, four square two thousand eighteen rum single blended rum 
from fine Barbados rum. I'm just reading the label now. Uh, 3.95 out of five. So that was, that was just, that's pretty high. I mean, that's, that's a B plus right there. That was good. Very good. Now let's move on to our last beverage. And Jarek, this is yours. This is the Crooked Furrow. Crooked Furrow Bourbon Whiskey. He's got it in front of him. There you go. Oh, you both do. Neither one of them are open. Oh, I thought this one was open. So this is is North Dakota's first legal legal bourbon ever made, uh, even since before pre-prohibition. There's never been a legal bourbon produced in North Dakota. Um, I work for Proof Artisan Distillers. We are North Dakota's first... True grain to glass distillery where we do our own ferments in house. Um, Our barreling process is all done in house. We're using North Dakota corn, North Dakota barley. Um, and North, this is North this is, Dakota. Who, North Dakota. Who, 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 where do you get your barley from? Uh, D, DS, DSG. BSG. BSG. Yeah. 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 You guys, you guys, you use probably the distillers Dakota supply there, do you use two row? Two row. That's mm-hmm. so good. Mm-hmm. And we, our bourbon is an 80-20 blend, so 80% corn, 20% barley. By rule, for a bourbon, it needs to be at least 51% corn. The rest can be whatever fermentable grain you want to throw into it. Um, North Dakota corn is naturally extremely sweet, so we only need to do about 20% barley. Um, Give it a little bit of a rounded flavor to it. Um, This is... Any other rules on... on Aging? Yes. So bourbon, uh, to be a true official bourbon, needs to be that 51% corn and a new barrel, new 53-gallon American oak barrel for a minimum of two years. Okay. So it it also has to do with the barrel charring? Anything on the char of the barrel? Nope. The The charring has nothing to do with it. It's new American oak barrel for a minimum of two years. New barrel. Okay. Now, you see a lot of other blended whiskeys out there. The difference is, is those were cut 50% at least with new unaged bourbon. So you're basically extending how your volume of your barreled whiskey. You can double that by adding uh, unaged whiskey to it. So a Canadian blend style doesn't mean it was made in Canada. It just means it was cut with unaged whiskey where an official bourbon needs to be only what was in that barrel you can add water but nothing else so we we barrel ours at around 115 to 120 proof monitor the barrel for this is the first four year that we've uh pushed out so this is the initial release of the four so now is this is this Knox's and so no i'm i'm looking because you brought a bottle are they the same the bottle? Same. Yep. yep. Okay. Yep. Same. Same st- batch. Same, same batch. Everything. Mm-hmm. Okay. The this initial. Season. The initial release. I did five hundred and fifty b- bottles, and um, it's what was in that barrel. So they weren't rebarreled. Um, it it was e- each individual barrel, and our aging process is so much different than elsewhere in the country because to my knowledge we're the farthest north bourbon distillery in the nation or north spirits but they don't do a bourbon oh so our aging process is vastly different than the tennessees the missouris the the more central part of the country because like i said earlier we go from minus 40 degrees to 100 degrees yeah and that i think is really aging our whiskey <laughs> faster yes than other places because it's pushing the 
bourbon in and out of the wood farther, faster. I have a each barrel I put next to our garage door. So I can put about 20 barrels next to our garage door. And we have about 200 barrels right now. And through the course of the barrel's life, it will be next to that garage door for one year. Because every time in the wintertime that door is opening and closing, it's getting blasted with Arctic air. Mm-hmm. And, and then is, cold and then hot air and from then, the temperature inside. Yep. And so it's really the temperature variations whiskey likes that they don't like to be just linear they like to have a vast swing because it really affects the 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 pressure of the barrel and like i said it's pushing the alcohol in and out of the barrel a lot farther than a more linear distillery would be down south now our wood used we initially went with a Minnesota cask maker to stick with the local theme, and it was bitter, made for a very bitter bourbon. Um, okay. And it would be good. They they would probably make good Cabernet barrels or um, something along the lines of that. Maybe even rum barrels. But okay. for our bourbon, it was very bitter, and it's because of the growing season for Minnesota oak is very short, very harsh. So the tannins and the vanillins really lock away inside the oak where the best oak comes from down south because of the growing seasons are much more mild that those tannins vanillins and caramel flavors of the wood really progress through the wood they're less dense less dense okay gotcha. so i'm finding the best oak comes from down south but the best aging conditions are up here okay cool science uh, science yeah, i like it i am science enthralled, man i love the different versions here I've just been smelling this, and it is—it's so sweet. I've been trying to figure out this smell, and I—I I feel really bad because I don't like judging in front of the guys that are here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the first thing, and I, and I don't know why, but the first thing when I smelled it, when I popped my head, was when you open the uh, worm container when you're fishing. I'm sorry. You know, <laughs> it's like earthy, a very mm-hmm. earthy, you know, and I don't, it, it's not. I don't, a, I don't get that at all. It's not a, a diss on you guys whatsoever, but. I get that nutty. Was, that was where I, like, where my brain went mm-hmm. on that smell. I get apple. Now, now, take that smell and every time you smell it, it should change. It does, yeah. It does. No, I did, but I when I was, apple. like, that yep, was what so hit me I right little, away. little apple. And I, like when I say, I mean, I, uh, specifically uh, acetaldehyde apple. Okay, I can that's get what, that. Yeah, that's what I get when we're that, distilling that tart. The, when yeah, we're yeah, distilling, like a yep. green tart apple. That's what the distillery smells like when we're making it and running it. You, when we're fermenting it, they don't call it sour mash for nothing. It smells sour. It's very the corn is very. Is this a sour mash? This thing? is a, okay. a sour mash. Yep, because it's a lot of corn involved. So it smells sour when it ferments, and then when you distill it, it has that sweet appley formaldehyde type that's because the alcohols that are coming off it that's part of the alcohol that's why um the chemistry behind why stills are made out of copper is because it pulls those things out and it um purifies the alcohol you were you were talking about how you could just sit and drink like whatever beer that was this one all night all afternoon this 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 the one i hated this i this. could do that with this uh, this yeah cheers. i could i could this would be one and it would be very i i'm assuming this would be just a bad day the next day but i found that the better whiskeys and bourbons i drank the less 
and hurt. Oh, I'm yeah. So here's, here's the I'd science be right there behind with you that. Guys yeah. on this one. The science behind why you feel like crap for drinking crap booze is because we discard those heads and those tails. We don't add, we don't keep those. But they so, add, but, so they're but extending. You, you, Silver you wolf cut is putting a, all you, you that cut in. farther in too, right? Mm-hmm. So like the the you know the Windsors and the. Jack Daniels, they're yeah, going to keep... Henry did you, McKinnon. Wait, wait, did you say Windsor? You are a smelly pirate hooker. <laughs> I love Windsor. And, well, so Windsor's fighting. a Canadian blend style, yeah. too, so they're, it, it's got a lot of new whiskey. Right. But, but, they, but they're going to keep... They're going to cut uh, a lot shallower into yes. those heads where you guys are going to Because they want pure volume. They just want yeah. as much right. alcohol And so possible. that stuff's going to dehydrate you a lot more, is going to make you feel a lot... I think your body just... She just says, "Don't do this." <laughs> yeah, again. Yeah, even though we're not sampling the vodka, the same rules apply to the vodka. But this and is dangerous because yeah. this tastes I, good enough uh, to where I could drink it all night. Now again, I'm. I I'm love. Gonna, I love how smooth it is without putting water in it. I'm gonna. I'm gonna just, bubble without putting yeah, water. Yeah, absolutely. In it. I just I did a few drops. I don't it, it really opened water it up. the last two months of the barreling process. So I will, I will get it out of the barrel in what I call conditioning the barrel, where I have a process to where I basically spray the alcohol into another kettle where it oxidizes. So I'm constantly just running the, the – draining the tank, spraying it into another kettle, pumping that back into it and doing that for hours on end wow. so that it – it oxidizes and it off gases oh, because so cool. it, when things, it does not smell and taste like that straight out of the barrel. Even after four years, it does not taste like that. It almost in a way tastes like nothing. It, it, it burns, but a lot of those flavors come to life after you pull it so out. You know, which, which one was the high octane, high alcohol version of this? Is, this, is that coming right off the barrel? Is that like Everclear? No. So I was at your your place yep. probably four years ago. You guys were just kind of working with mm-hmm. starting this process. And I think your dad, your dad's Joel, right? Yep. yep. So Joel and I were sitting there talking and he pulled, it was like 120 proof bourbon. Mm-hmm. Like it was, this was Moonshine, like some of the, like some of the yeah, some of the first pulls, but it was, I mean, it was caramelized like yep like what this was, was. Ooh. <laughs> um, and uh and so i we tried it anyway i mean it was just straight burn yeah all the way down and and after the burn was gone it was so caramel because i've i've sat with the guys down at bent brew stillery mm-hmm. um and i've drank with those guys on a couple of occasions and and same thing they'll pull right off the barrel literally off the barrel and it is so so much more than what this is. Is there something you guys do between your barrels and the bottling that will change any of that? That same process I just told you. The, the okay. oxidizing of it. That was it. Yep. Okay. That's it. And it's, I don't add water for at least two months before, so I get it tied to... I, when 80 I, proof when or I, whatever? Yeah, 92 is what we're bottling it at. Okay. In the barrel, I... And this won't change proof in the bottle? No. no. Okay. In the barrel, it does. So the barreling process, while it's aging in that four years, it can sometimes climb, it can sometimes drop in proof. Now, what I do is I slowly add water throughout that four years. 
I add about a, it's about a gallon a month. Um, I'll pull a sample, check where it's at, write notes on the barrel, add a gallon of of uh, RO water, reverse osmosis water. So now there's there's water. a there's a advertising committee out there that talks about a major brand that talks about the angel cut versus devil cut. Is that what we're talking about? Angels here? share, devil angel cut. share. Yeah. yeah, and a lot of times those are just gimmicks. The yeah. companies will say, but I mean that's what they're that's what's losing coming out. Yeah. That's why you're adding they more call water. That, yep, the devil's call. cuts in the barrel. The angel share is what evaporates. Yep. Okay, and a good cognac. They don't add any water because they just – it's like a balsamic reduction to where it reduces Are you talking so Cavassier? much. Kind of, yeah, yeah. It's, we got some right over there. I love it. We did an episode v- of Brandy's a little bit ago. I love the v- good Cavassier. Cavassier. And that's mm-hmm. that's a whole different topic too, but it's similar. They just they just let whatever's in the barrel just reduce down to nothing, and it's just a, a very – delightful syrup at that point um, where we aren't getting to that point, but we add enough water to where when you add too much water at the end, you can burn out all your flavors that you took four years to accrue. Uh, They call it flooding the barrel. And throughout the aging process, I'll add about a gallon a month to uh, where you get to about a hundred proof is my target in the barrel. And then I pull it out of the barrel, add it to a big, tank in a kettle and then i'll start spraying like rotating that and spraying it into another b- kettle you just literally run it through the cip don't you mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah we know we know what that is yeah. run it through the pond. Yeah. Mm-hmm. all right that you. makes more sense now yeah all right should what, we get some what, numbers what, yeah we'll get, we'll get some more flavors from this what do you guys get for flavors yeah you i'm can, gonna need i'm gonna need a little bit more Oh, of course you are. <laughs> it's good, man. That's why you take why a bigger I... pour, man. I can't reach across the table. Oh. Somebody else should help me. Dang it, Sam. Come, yeah. come on, Knox. You're the one that's not drinking. No, this, yeah, this, correct, yes. this one is very, very good. Um, I could, I could. I'm, I'm a bullet bourbon person. I, I love bullet. And that's like my cheap, mm-hmm. cheap. Go to bourbon, yep. and and that's like my every Christmas gift, from, Christmas gift from my mom. Just here's a bottle of bourbon. Okay, and it ours has a little bit of a bite to it from the spices of the barrel. Um, oh, it's so smooth mm-hmm. though. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. so smooth. I don't get the bite. I don't. I don't get a bite either. Yeah, I don't. I don't get that bite at all. Like, and I get more of a spiced bite from like the barrel itself, not because of the the booze proof but almost from the barrel um in this one so you're looking at the spiciness in this yeah. is the, the spiciness is coming from that barrel yeah more than anything else yeah okay and like i said the dilution process really helps cut down and makes it sweet because when you add too much you'll kill all those sweet flavors and you'll just be left with the the bourbony unaged type flavors that yeah. bourbon can be like white lightning mm-hmm. um so white lightning is something i could put into that little tiny barrel right there and uh mm-hmm. what is that about a gallon age for uh about six weeks and pull out of there that's what i plan on doing after i get it wet sometime i'm gonna have to get some get some of that shit and try my own bourbon yeah <laughs> so if you if in i don't i'm pulling this one here but if you were to have a barrel like that and you charred, it was charred on the inside or anything like that. Level three charred. And if we went and got Everclear mm-hmm. and put Everclear in there and 
did the dilution, would we be able to pull it, it, like like become whiskey? I mean, obviously not would, to not would, nearly to the degree that this is because this is it fantastic. Would, it would, it would but, take the coloring on, and it would take some flavors and tannins and vanillins from the wood. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you could. He's actually looking if we did just went and bought a bottle of Everclear, cut it down to the proof down. that you want. Yep, and you're looking at starting at like a. Like and what, 80 proof and I, going from I there? I would do 115. You, oh, 115 the on higher, that. Okay. The higher the proof. I have one of those, so I want to do this. The higher the proof, <laughs> the more of the barrel you'll pull into it. Okay. So um, 120, 115 is a good benchmark for barreling proof. Um, now, because of the size of the barrel and a little barrel like that could potentially be Six months, or it could be a year, just because of the type of volume. Surface that is area, in there, the surface, surface area, area to volume ratio. But also, the wood is huge. Um, how the wood was handled before it was even made into a barrel. A lot of the oak is aged pr- properly three years as slabs before even cut into staves to make the barrel. So whoa, so crazy. Mm-hmm. So not only do you have three year aged oak after four years in the barrel, that wood is potentially almost a decade old. Does it matter how humid of an environment the wood is raised in? Yes. Like is yep. Florida yeah, wood? Yeah, we it was more density. bitter when it was, came come from the north. Yeah, density mm-hmm. versus... So like even that. wood from North Dakota is going to taste wood different than aged barrel yeah, and our, from Florida our or whatever. wood, That's because crazy. we're so cold, the, the, the sweetness of the wood isn't there. It's dense. It's, it's very dense. dense wood up here. Yeah, and the oaks from Kentucky and Tennessee and Missouri are, are a much sweeter oak. You gotta, th- you gotta think this. The growing season, the when they grow, they expand. And, well, that makes and, perfect and, sense because yeah, I know they change flavor with like barbecue. Yeah, so, so in North Dakota, you have this growth and ex- and stop growth and ex- stop growth stop. We're down in the south; they grow, 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 and grow, 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 grow. Yeah, in the rings, the rings how are a dense lot that wood is. together up here than down there, where yeah. it's, the rings are more spread out. That's science, bitches. Yeah, very science. There's the episode. science. I love it. There's bitches. just as much science going into making the barrel as there is making the whiskey that goes into the barrel. Yeah. Hell yeah. So when you're when you're uh, like starting with something like this, do you like 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 you yourself when you consume consume it? Are you like ah, I'm gonna I'm gonna put an ice cube in this or oh I'm gonna I'm gonna pour two ounces and then sip it, or what? what that's, both. That's usually the way to go. Two ounces in a nice uh, Glen Cairn glass. That's gonna really take away that ethanol sting in your nose, or we can actually smell it. Like no ice, though. Not at first. I would do neat first, and then try to take your flavors from there where you prefer it. Mm-hmm. So personally, so, I like adding an ice cube. My personal way to yeah. f- drink bourbon yep. is an ice cube and an orange peel. Now each bourbon will play differently. Ours plays really well with an orange peel because it really, okay. b- it really bounces off. My of wife the does a lime, a lime wedge. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wa- uh, ice cubes, bourbon, and a lime wedge. And the lime wedge and the orange, it doesn't necessarily flavor the whiskey, but you're smelling it mm-hmm. when you're drinking it, and that affects how it tastes yeah. just by your nose of how you've smelt it as you've taken that sip will change how your perspective of of tasting it will be. So my personal favorite way is just an orange an orange slice and an ice cube. Let it dilute a little. And you just put that down. in there. You don't muddle it or anything. Mm-hmm. You just put it in the you don't, liquid you don't, itself. 
you don't squeeze it in some there people, or anything. Some, so I just throw it in because like some orange some, peel or orange slice. Orange peel. Okay, just the peel. See, okay. my wife. Just my wife. Peel. My wife pinches the the orange slice or the uh, lime the slice. Lime, yep. Lime juices peel. it, juices it, and then dumps that whole mm-hmm. thing in. Oh, okay. Same. I mean, very similar to tequila. When we sip tequila, yeah. we do, you know, a tall glass and. I'm crush it, crush a lime wedge, put it in, and then dump tequila. As long as you cut it with it. the skins on it, and then yep. do that, that's yep. what I think. Yeah, that's okay. what we're doing. Mine is going for the my, my favorite profile. I like just the citrus smell. Yeah. So I sometimes I'll just run the the slice around the rim of the glass just to kind of get that aroma on the glass. And where is that today? I didn't come prepared. I just brought the bourbon. Motherfucker. <laughs> he was so like on this and everything. And then he's like, this is how I prefer to do this. Yeah. And gives us But like nothing. you saw me earlier with the, with the bottle cap, that's about how much water it takes from like one yeah. ice cube. So when you have a two ounce pour, it's literally just that much water is what goes into I'm, it to dilute it down. Honestly, I love looking at all you guys drinking this and then you're like, oh, can I have a little bit more? This can is I, I, just, I just need to do a little bit more. Well, speaking a little bit more, let's let's throw a number on this yeah. one. Yeah, quick. let's do numbers. All right. All right. Do you start it out j- then. What would you rate this out of five? Out of five, I'm gonna give it a I'm gonna give it a four and a half because I can't give myself a hundred percent product because I know there's some there's some. What would you what would be better? What would make my stuff better? No, 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 no. What would my, you change? My question. What brand do you know would be a five? Like this is damn mm. good. What level would I have to look at? Or what was the last five that you tasted? Yeah. What was the last five you tasted? And you can't just say Pappy Van Winkle because yeah. that's a cop out. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, on top of my head, I don't really know. Okay. Because I don't, I don't drink very many you know, other bourbons. And honestly, that may have been a loaded question mm-hmm. on your, on my side. So uh, I did the 2019 small batch uh, limited edition. It was like 170 bucks a bottle. I got a sample of that. That's my top. Okay. Last one, my last one that I had, that was a five. Yeah. Which one was it? I shouldn't. Twenty nineteen Four Roses. I don't really taste oh. very many other people's stuff. Okay, I, I should, and th- that's why this is going to be great because I'll be able to judge on other processes and how other people's stuff tastes. So, okay, you guys should make a smoothie sour and then distill that mm. and see what comes we out. We did that with Junkyard. Had a bad batch of stuff one time that we <laughs> redistilled. Like, what did the distillate taste? It like? It had a little bit of a mintiness to it, mm. and it was. Interesting. It w- it wasn't bad. It wasn't good, but it was interesting. All right, was, uh, Blake, yeah, Blake. What'd you get for a number for this one, there, big guy? Um, I'm gonna go with a four seven five. Okay. Ooh. I'd go out and buy a bottle of it. I mean, I've had Blattens and Wellers, and some of those this tastes a lot better than that. All right, Sam. I'm, I'm gonna give this a four point five. I re- I really enjoy this. I might. I'm gonna look plan on having a bottle of this when I'm out of the bourbon that I'm running on right now. Gotcha. I'm out, so I should go get a bottle. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm gonna have uh I'm bring it down a little bit because I'm I'm just picky. Uh, <laughs> it's good. I love it. It's above average. It's out of my price range, so I don't drink a lot of it, honestly. Um it's not <clears throat> As smooth as I would like to see it, but I also like that in um, small batch. You know, I'm not. I mean, you know, obviously, like I said, I'm a bullet guy. Um, I judge macro versus micro completely differently. 
uh, bullets a macro, jacks a macro, all those are macros. I in small batches. I just I'm I'm not a. I can pick out what you're what you're trying to do, and I love it. Um, but I mean, I'm going to go down to a four point two five. That's fair. What? Let's oh, oh, that down oh, so much. That's so low. That's you know, so low. It's so low. Good. Yeah. It's good. What is the I price just... of a bottle of this? Uh, Buy us, at bitch. stores, fifty to fifty-five. Oh, that's yeah. not bad. For me, come it on, is. Don. That's not bad. You're right. No. Well, yeah. I'm gonna have to follow it up with a really low score. What's that? Five. <laughs> this is this is so five is the best it can be. Yeah, five is. Like, I'm gonna have to follow I mean, it up with a really low. No, I'm going off of your own. Yeah, how no, low it absolutely. is. Absolutely. Listen, man, it could have been better. It's a five. No, uh, it was one, perfect. One, I didn't gag. I I I was <laughs> no. It was perfect. It was burning. It was a it was yeah. a five. It was perfect. It's so so. I'm maybe giving it point one eight. Which I'm not allowed to score less than point than, than point seven five. So hey, you're 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 filled by the thing because it's local. I'll give it some extra points, right? But otherwise, it get it, it's perfect. It's it's sweet, but not so sweet that I'm gonna get gut rot. It's boozy to the point where if I'm drinking this to get feeling really said nice, drunk, yep. It's gonna work if I'm if I'm <laughs> drinking this for the flavor of the bourbon, and I I added two two drops of water to mine, and it tasted even better. And I'm not about adding water to bourbon, but it it actually tasted better. So yeah, no, perfect. I oh, appreciate it, guys. Thank <laughs> no, you. No, uh, what it, would be interesting is to bring next time we sample it. I'll I have a small amount of the three year, so basically the same stuff, just a year younger, younger, mm-hmm. and to do a side by side comparison to see. I would love to try what, that. I will. Yeah. What something we, that makes me love this so much is that it's nutty. You guys all said appley. I I say nutty, like almost a cashew. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's why I love it. I love gotcha. me a cashew. Lo- love me a pecan. I really. No. I, it's almost. I. I I'd there. love to try that three, three year, mm-hmm. three year. Uh, just to see the differences yeah, of what because yeah. it did it 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 made a world of a difference that extra year. Uh, and it, the three year was not bad. It just it was young, a little bit too young yet. Sam, I just I I really can't get over the caramely. How caramely this is! It, I, I really like it a lot. That's a good barrel selection. I think that's where that comes from. Yep. Okay, what's the average? Ah, uh, so for the proof, let me make sure I'm doing this right here. For the proof, Crooked Furrow Bourbon. Uh, that's good. Four point six out of five. Wow, that's a really high scoring. Yeah, that's, that's pretty, pretty good. good. That's, good. A, that's pretty. We good. got like a really oh, high and a really low. I don't. I'll wear that on my shoulder. Yeah, that's good. So the I mean, name, even because I'm too, an so. asshole and I rated you low, <laughs> you still did damn good. I have, that was good. I have that one was very question. Good. Very, very good. Do you do you have a cool story about the name? Yes. Grandpa yeah. always said you could grow more corn in a crooked row than a straight row, and yeah. a, and a furrow is a corn row. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. <laughs> and by the time the bottle starts to get down there, your rows are getting a little <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I that's love cool. that. I love it. I, that is that's cool. a great story that right cool. there. Excellent. Excellent. Well, um, 
Sam, why don't you give us the deets on what you got promoting, what you want to promote, what you got coming up, the website. Yeah, uh, check out uh, drumconrathbrewing.com, Facebook, DCR Brewing, Instagram, Instagram. DCR Brewing, Twitter, drumconrathbeer. We just released uh, Trinity Hazy IPA. Uh, This coming week, we've got Fruit Shake Strawberry coming out. Um, The next week, we got... It'll either be next week or the week after. Um, we have a raspberry chocolate milk stout called Ooh. Um, Thicker Than Blood. Nice. Good yeah. name. Yeah. That so is, there's... Yeah. Raspberry, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Don, how about you, buddy? What do you got? Um, being out of the brewing game, but you can still find me at Prairie Brothers on Twitter and Facebook. Um, shout out to my sister Amy and all the West Des Moines... Ambulance service and first responders, we love you guys. And uh, thanks for listening yeah. to the podcast. Yeah, the way, thank guys. you guys always. Uh, we love you guys down in Iowa. Our heroes. Thank you. Um, but yeah, that's it. Love you guys. Alex, how about you? What do you got to promote? Um, we are currently in development in the lab making bath bombs Ooh. out of terpenes. Which is cool. What? Is what? Body. What? what? And maybe some candles. I don't know. I'm. What? I'm, I'm fucking with it. We'll see how it goes. Bath salts uh, I got. I got. Bath salts are involved, but not the eat your roommate's face type. Actual bath salts. <laughs> not. Not the type called that, so, so they the could legally sell face? drugs. Well, you can stranger, eat you can other eat people. Face. Eat other people. Nobody eat anybody's face. That's the main thing. Uh, that's my main message. That's, that's what I'm trying to. That's uh, also, be a or division of also, candy. if you have time, check out terpscandy.net. But if not, just don't eat anybody's face. Also, love, love also, the terps candy. DCR and terps candy are planning a collaboration. Yeah, we're gonna make a terps candy beer. Yeah, with with Drum Conrad, oh, we're gonna really? make a really? we're gonna make a terpene beer, which Sam knows more about beer than I do, so he's gonna make a beer. Uh, but they know about the terps, so. so we're gonna figure it out together. Sounds like it's gonna be a wonderful collab. Can't wait. How about you, Jarek? Where can people find you? What do you got to um, promote? We are in basically every liquor store in North Dakota. Proof so Artisan Distillers. Proof Artisan Distillers. Our uh, website is proofdistillers.com. Facebook, Proof Artisan Distillers. Um, Instagram, Proof Artisan Distillers. Um, yeah, and the we're tweets clo- at all? Are, we're closed for the time being, as with lots of other places. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I'm thinking of starting up a private parties. Um, so limited capacity, basically who you are friends with and who you invite. So I'm kind of thinking pre-prohibition era or like prohibition era Speak type easy parties. Type. Speak easy. Right on, right on. Almost was... like a, almost like a password party. So we're, we're all invited. Yeah. Everyone's invited, but we get, it's just gotta be us. What's the know? password? Um, password. Just, just throw be, it out. Just throw it out for the five of us. Password yeah. is Terps. We can drink. Terps. Proof. Proof 11. I got you. Hey, Alan, that might be another good avenue. Do a collaboration with Proof. A terpene and Proof. I work right. I stare at them every day. (laughs) I go and smoke a cigarette. That's creepy. Oh, there's Proof. (laughs) Not going to lie, that's creepy. For two years. For two years I've been staring at that guy. Look at this. Think of a terpene infused vodka. That's a gin. Basically. Buddy, you run you run the vodka through terpenes. It's a hey, you got a gin. A gin yeah. Okay, That's well a gin. then uh, then 
Yeah. There we go. <laughs> a gin. <laughs> a ter- terpene gin. But so like where difference. you actually add terpenes the to The difference the between a brewery and a distillery is not only are we taxed at a different rate than you guys, but you guys can come up with a new label for almost everything. We have to submit a TTB code. Oh, no, we do too. But our process is different. Our um, The submittal process is different because it's a distillate. Why so many breweries can have so many beer lines is I forget what makes it a little easier. It's just it's it's hard to get us the whole new bottle line going. We have to the approval process. It's it's you you guys are registered. You're you're one of three things that are registered as a dietary as a dietary supplement. Basically, you're regulated the same way that a dietary supplement is, and so you have a lot more to look at than beer does. And uh, there, there's interesting laws. C- C- CBD sort of has to look at that as well. Mm-hmm. Candy kind of sort of has it, but but not as bad as you actually. Um, if if we decided to become a uh, uh, dietary supplement, we would have to conform to the same regulations as you, which which. Is extensive. Is different. Yes. Is is different, but is as extensive as liquor. Hard we liquor. Could, we could do a whole episode on just the laws of, of breweries. <laughs> I fucking hate the laws. The laws. This episode, but, fifth but, new but, podcast episode. Blake, just Blake, laws. Blake, where can we find you? <laughs> Blake, where can we find you, buddy? Uh, well, I work for Fargo Force. Okay. Um, DCR on, on a bunch of beer groups. Yeah. If DCR Sam lets us ever come back. I have to be able to afford you to come back. Yeah. Um, I just, and I will be working at Bridgeview. Excellent. It's uh, one of our sponsors for each and every episode. Blake knows what he's talking about when it comes to beer, too. So if you go to Bridgeview and ask for Blake, he'll he'll steer you in the right direction. Or so he says. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's facts. That wasn't Blake saying that. That was me saying that. Yeah, he knows a lot about beer. You've uh, got you. Got, what's your Untapped? Where are you, where are you at on Untapped right now? Not just your numbers, but your um, your Untapped name. Uh, my tag on that is Blake B twenty three, and I'm up at about nineteen nineteen hundred now. That's impressive. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's close it out. This has been a Predicate Productions episode of Brews, Booze, and Reviews. For more information, head over to BrewsBoozeAndReviews dot com. Special thanks to our sponsors for supporting our podcast. You, too, can support our show by supporting them. You can click on the link at the bottom of our episode description and donate to help with production costs and beer for our fridge to review for you. And, of course, thanks to your listeners and neighbors without whom this podcast couldn't happen. And to you, we say, May your glasses be full and your spirits high. Cheers! Cheers.